I guess we didn't buy the Death Promise song. Yeah, oh, we yeah, I didn't look into that. I tried. Yeah. I couldn't find it. <laughs> the rights were just kind of start on that. We should just play it. Who's going to sue us? That's what I'm saying. Then, then you can find out who to buy it from. Yeah, there you go. They can come after you, and yeah. then you, you know, like, will you make a deal? We're also <laughs> making no money off of it. <laughs> yeah, actually, they don't think the suit has much grounds. This, this sounds like way too <laughs> heroic of music for what yeah. we're talking about. It's really positive. Oh, wait, actually, it's more of an anti-hero discussion anyway, right? Yeah. Like, it's going to do whatever. Yeah, welcome, everybody. Uh, good evening, wherever you are, whenever you are. Welcome to the Knights of the Underground table. I am your host, John, uh, and with me is Ryan King. Is it, Remind me again, are we doing the Punisher episode or the Under the Table on the Suicide Squad? Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's the Punisher <laughs> oh, it's this the Punisher, time. okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and Michael Dixon. Uh, John, all I have to say is why. <sighs> I've, I've, well, I, I'm not going to say anything else for the rest of this episode. <laughs> I just want to know why. You, uh, you did this to yourself and and us. Uh, I, I think you you clearly have some some self esteem issues. You clearly do not like yourself or Ryan or or me. Um, so uh, I, I I'm just I'm just very confused. Yeah, disclaimer for everybody out there. That was actually a pre recorded clip of Dixon. He is not here tonight. Uh, he did not attend. <laughs> It was cut uh, from the Death <laughs> Promise episode. Yeah, he, t- <laughs> he told me to just play that one back. Um, yeah, so I mean, with with that, we'll get into it. We'll, tonight we're talking about 2004's The Punisher, uh, directed by and written by uh, Jonathan Hensley. Um, Jonathan Hensley, the writer of Armageddon uh, and several other action, one of the most prolific action and adventure Hollywood writers. Uh, doesn't mean good. Prolific doesn't mean good, everybody, <laughs> just so you don't conflate that. Um, he... Uh, uh, this is also his debut film that he wanted to direct and write um, and, and do. And I guess he just got to, to swing for the safest fences he could. Um, <laughs> and like that's that's he didn't go all out, really. I feel like there's there's a lot to this uh, that I'm, I'm excited to get into because I know it's bad. Um, I know it's bad going into it. I knew it was bad. I think that the discussion around it might be far more interesting than the actual movie is. Um, <laughs> I hope so. I, I, is that your defense? That's, like, that's, that's, that's absolutely my defense. Okay. That's absolutely and all my, of our listeners sake. I um, hope so. I should also say that this is a, this is a personal effort. It's not really a cry for help. Uh, it's more of just, well, I've we'll seen see. this thing. <laughs> we'll, we'll be the ones to judge. I've seen this movie when it came out in theaters. I saw it like 15 times in a dollar theater. Um, and, <laughs> and so, yeah, that was like, you know, what, like $7. How technically, old were you? 50 cents or something. I, <clears throat> I was in that edgelord age of, well, I was 14 at the time. So okay. it's about that demographic of like, man, this feels cool. I want to watch this again. That makes so, like, yeah. more sense. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want a poster of this next to my Scarface poster, like <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, so the Punisher, for those who don't know, based on a Marvel comic about an anti-hero character named Frank Castle. Did he ever have like another name? Cause I know they've changed like Eric, not like David Banner's name is changed. No, it's always been Frank Castle. Okay. Sometimes he just goes by like Mr. Smith or, oh, okay. you know, something like that. Goes to Washington. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's more like the Simpsons. Scenes. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, the 2004, the Punisher centers around, it's kind of like a hodgepodge funneling of a bunch of different plot points from the comic book series that are just fit to a screenplay. Um, and it tells the story of Frank Castle, who it's his origin story as the Punisher. Um, his whole family is is murdered uh, viciously. 
the very beginning of the movie. Um, spoilers to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Beginning, beginning-ish. We all knew it was going to happen. You, it's going into it. It's kind of the thing. But uh, And then he sets out on his path to get revenge. Um, he doesn't call himself the Punisher. It, it's all about him getting up to that. It's the same kind of trope you're used to with watching any origin story movie, where at the end they stand on a building and there's a sweeping camera angle behind them. <laughs> yeah. And they tell you who they are. Um, and I, for some reason, I don't like any other kind of origin story movie that does that before like Marvel started to actually get the formula down. I didn't care as much. Uh, this one for some reason stuck. And I think it's, um, more because I watched it so many times as a kid now as an adult, it's hilarious to me that I loved it as a kid because it's so fucking bad. And so when I watch it, I just laugh like hysterically the whole way through like a madman. It's like you watching climax Dixon. I assume, uh, I love that movie, Yeah, but it's good. It's a wonderful movie. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to (laughs) compare qualities here, but I'm just saying like, it's the same kind of like, it's, it's got dark subject material Uh weird, but this one has weird tonal shifts and all that. Oh yeah. Um, Anyways, I've given the synopsis for it. Uh, I just want to get right into it, um, and I'll pass it over to Ryan. Yeah, I think I'd seen bits and pieces of this one before, but not enough to give a crap. Like, I just knew it wasn't that good. I'm not necessarily into The Punisher in general, so it's not something that appeals. It kind of has always, and this movie doesn't help change the, the feeling I have, something that just people are into for all the wrong reasons. Uh, You see a Punisher logo all over stuff all the time, you know, even before he had movies or, you know, or now TV shows, it's just sort of a character that stuck around, even though it's not necessarily ever moves product, like doesn't necessarily sell comics or movies, but he's, you know, in the public consciousness. Um, Yeah. And this is just like such a early 2000s movie, (laughs) I guess is kind of what my main thought was. Um, and yeah, the, the really, um, tonal dissonance, like at times it tries to be funny at times it tries to be, I guess, have character moments. And then at other times it's just a B movie schlock action crap. And it, and it chooses all of those all at the wrong time. Like when it should be sentimental, it's B movie action. When it should be B movie action, it's like trying to be funny. I don't know. It was, yeah, it was awful (laughs) how I chose to do that. Um, And I don't think it makes for a good character piece. Like I didn't really get like him as as like someone that you're like, yeah, I want to go see him do more. It was just sort of like, I guess he did that stuff. And and then it's just capped off with Travolta not in a role that I think he wants to be in and not doing a good job and bringing nothing to the table. Um, Yeah, that was just not good. Um, and now we can dig into more particulars because I feel like this is one we're just going to list off scenes and be like, oh, remember when this happened? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Dixon, what's your overall take? Yeah, this movie's real bad. Um, <laughs> I saw this when it came out also, and I was around that same age, and I didn't like it at the time. And I loved this kind of shit <laughs> when I was that age. Like I loved Stallone and Statham and and that kind of stuff. Um but I didn't like this movie at, at the time, and I, I, I don't know why, because it would have been something that I would have liked. But uh, it's still bad. Um, Tom Jane is a terrible actor, and I, I think that's one of the big <laughs> problems with this movie. And, and Ryan, you, you mentioned, like, oh, it's not a good character piece. It's a, a lot of that's the writing. A lot of it is because Tom Jane is just like yeah, true. a cardboard cutout of himself, like just 
standing there doing very unconvincing, serious stares that just made me laugh and like uttering lines under his breath in what appears to be like a Kurt Russell impression that just doesn't <laughs> really work very well. Um, John, you have mentioned this movie many times, and I always say I just want my kids back whenever you bring up this movie because yeah. I love Tom Jane's Arrested Development cameo. And immediately after yeah. I watched this, I was like, this is terrible. I'm going to go watch that episode. Season two, episode two on Netflix. It's great. Uh, he plays a fictionalized version of himself who is a, a method actor uh, living on the street trying to <laughs> learn what it's like to be homeless, <laughs> to be in a, quote, rigidly formulaic family comedy called Homeless Dad. <laughs> the poll quote on the poster is, I just want my kids back. And he keeps uttering that line. Um, and it never fails to make me laugh. Um, that's the only thing that I've ever seen Tom Jane in where I was like, you know what? He he, you know, he's not even like necessarily good in it. It's just like they know that he's bad. And so they kind of write around him to be this like dumb flat actor that doesn't really have to do very much. Um, and that came out right around the same time as The Punisher. Um, but yeah, this movie's really stupid. Uh, Travolta is really bad in it. Hot take Travolta is a bad actor. Uh, there are things that he's good in that like, but you feel like directors really have to pull him along and yeah. get, you know, really fight to get what they need out of him. And if he's not in that type of situation, he just turns into this. Um, Absolutely agree. So, yeah, uh, did not enjoy. Overall, I guess I, I would say the one good thing in this movie is that there are some really cool practical stunts. You know, it's 2004. Yes. CGI was not as, as good at that point. And so they kind of had to just actually blow shit up. And there are a lot of massive, big, real explosions in this that I very much appreciated. Um, but that was about, that was about all that I appreciated in this. Um, there's some amusing one-liners cause they're really dumb. Yeah. Made me laugh, but, um, yeah, I remember. So <clears throat> I'm not going to say this is the pure justification of it, but I knew picking this, there was at least some one-liners for Dixon to take solace in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there were going to be some God's really gonna stupid God's going to sit things. this one out. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> yes. what I wrote that one down. That's, oh, man. Yeah. Um, also, did you... I didn't realize Roy Scheider's in this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I just wrote down Roy Scheider? Yeah. <laughs> His dad is sorcerer himself, Roy Scheider. That's right. <laughs> and I was like, well, Roy Scheider, you made what? it. So, like, supposedly he was the writer's neighbor. Okay. And so he was just like, oh, I'm making a Punisher movie. And he's like, all right, I'll be in it. Yeah, I'll <laughs> okay. be dad. I don't yeah. care. He's like, where can I stick? How, how long do you need me? One day? Cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. Great. Yeah. And it's in Puerto Rico? All right. <laughs> Did so, they actually shoot it in Puerto Rico? It's on. Oh, <laughs> I think so because they're where it, but it's like, sorry. Aside, their houses are the like public bathrooms. You can totally tell if you look at it <laughs> that that house is like the public bathroom. It's on the, like beach, the beach, you know, that's like the raised up. That's funny. Yeah, they're just shooting the exteriors at a public bathroom and pretending it's a house. It, yeah, also, I think this time around, I don't know how I, well, it's been years and years since I've actually sat down and watched this, but uh, I believe John Travolta's mansion is like a matte painting or a CGI'd. It's location? a mix. It was actually, it's some basketball player's house okay. for like a lot of the exteriors. And then they, yeah, I don't know. Whatever they did with it when it gets to the explosions, it's like yeah. fake. Do we, some... do we know where they shot this? Because it's set in Tampa, which I was like, why yeah, the fuck I do don't... you set a movie <laughs> in Tampa? Weird. I don't think I've ever seen a movie that's set in Tampa. Because that's, that's how the really Cubans weird. could get to him. The, the answer set in is, Miami. Yeah. Why Tampa? Yeah, right. It's so weird. And like, it, there's definitely no basketball players in Tampa. So I, I don't know where, uh, they, uh, they must have shot in LA probably. No, right? they like, shot in Tampa. They did legitimately no shoot in Tampa. Team in Tampa. <laughs> no, but there was some <laughs> some player's house or whatever that he had in Tampa. No, they shot in Tampa, 
which apparently caused all kinds of problems because it fucking rains all the time. Uh-huh. And they were like really screwed up. But I guess it just gave them like the downtown shots are real Tampa. Yeah. Super recognizable. Everybody knows downtown Tampa. Oh, right? yeah. Of I mean, course. Um, Everybody yeah. knows that skyline. <laughs> yeah. It feels like a lazy bit of like, well, we can get Tampa. So we're, it's set in Tampa, a place that the Punisher... So or it's a the most famous city yeah. that would let us yeah. shoot here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's known for mobsters. It's known for like I don't really know, but yeah, that like the weird underbelly of America. Everybody knows it. Yeah, that like weird building that they stay at was like a well-known building that has that that the Punisher and his neighbors hang out at. Kind of oh. they, they show a the well-known exteriors. building. It was and torn down because it has a weird look to it. Huh. I um, thought it was like a a built set for. Interiors. The interior is the built set, right? Yeah, okay. the interiors. Because the interiors look like the room. It looked exactly oh, like yeah. the back yeah. alley scenes yeah. from the room. Try, yeah, <laughs> try to explain to me the layout of that apartment from when the fight it's happens and they like crash oh. through. Yeah, yeah. It makes no sense. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll start from the beginning uh, because yeah, of do course, we have this to? Is such a complex yeah. movie. We've already we've yeah. already jumped around. Uh, um, yeah, so uh, Frank Castle, he he's an undercover cop, I guess, who has been working. A, uh, a particular sting. I didn't that, even understand um, the beginning yeah, of this a, movie. He's, he's been um, masquerading as a, a German, right? It's a German. Yeah, he's like a German. Russian? No, because no, he's, 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 he's partnering with he Russians says, to sell guns. No. He's been working on it in Amsterdam because Mickey met him in Amsterdam at oh, Hash Oh, I wrote bar. down that quote <laughs> that just blew my mind. He says, quote, he's the real deal. I met him at a hash bar in Amsterdam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? I'm going to say that from now on. Whenever I have to recommend something, <laughs> it's the real deal. I met him at a hash bar in Amsterdam. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, we get our introduction to some characters that are going to play a role here. We get Mickey, um, who is, uh, the, the lovable sidekick of the Punisher. <laughs> Everybody remembers sort of, Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Um, his friend, Bobby, who is the son of John Travolta's character, Howard Saint. Bobby is the son in a fridge yeah. that, uh, Howard Saint needs to start his hero's journey. Sorry, what? Um, the, son the in a fridge? son in a fridge. It's, yeah, that's the trope, like the woman in a fridge. It's basically like a body that has been used to justify somebody else's motivations. So you just uh-huh. kill so off like, someone just to yeah. motivate your character. Particularly comes from a Green Lantern comic where his girlfriend is just like unceremoniously killed and shoved into a fridge. <laughs> yeah. Just his motivation for his character. Like there's no reason for it to happen. It's just like, oh, we killed off this... Usually it is a woman, like so that they have motivation, like the John Wick, kind of like Punisher's yeah. family yeah. or John Wick's yeah. dog or whatever. That was, yeah, that was what I will. Yeah, so Bobby is the boy in a fridge, the son in a fridge, I should say. Um, and uh, there's the whole undercover operation goes wrong because Bobby got killed or something. And Frank Castle's like, "Man, I feel bad about it, but whatever. I'm going to retire now and go to a family what, reunion." Now, Wait, what? Because Bobby like pulls out a gun. Like he, it's his he own says, fault. This, okay, wh- let's talk about the logistics of this <laughs> yeah. because there's one cop designated to fake shoot Frank Castle, right? And mm-hmm. every other cop has real bullets. Yeah, that seems very uh, dangerous. <laughs> well, in case shit goes south, like they are. Yeah, I guess. Like, um, and so yeah, so from, yeah, Frank Castle's German character pulls out a gun and he gets shot, shot. with blanks. It's yeah. not. A, it, it wasn't exactly clear either. Their deal goes south. It looks real, and then suddenly they pull him out. It was really more for the audience to be like, "Whoa, ah, yeah. he's Frank Castle." Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess. They make some jokes immediately after he comes up talking about like, oh man, that kid died. And that one guy's like, yeah, but we beat the spread. And he's like, this isn't football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we kind of like move on to 
Um, this movie moves at a breakneck yeah. speed to get his family murdered. Okay, they want that family in the fridge too. Like, oh, wait, it <laughs> real quick. I actually before... don't think it moves fast enough. Because the begin- <laughs> chunk at the beginning, point. I don't think it gets there fast enough. Bef- before we get to that part in Puerto Rico, there's a scene where John Travolta goes to the morgue to mourn over his son, and he's like kissing his son's dead body, and he turns to the cop and he says. Do you know that I used to have to dress him till he was thirteen? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's, well, an odd One of the most moment. disturbing things yeah. I've ever heard. <laughs> that was just John yes, my pubescent sure son. I dress him every morning. Yeah. He Wait. doesn't know how to put on underwear yet. Yeah, he's, he's a slow learner. It's, yeah, the, there's a lot of like those. So yeah, there's that, and then he immediately starts asking all these questions, questions to the police officer as if he's entitled to the information, which I guess like mob boss, sure, why not? He owns but the still, town. Like yeah, yeah, he yeah. owns the town. Well, he got in there, like he paid to get in there or something too. Right? Oh like, yeah, probably. yeah. There was some kind of like he was in there and wasn't supposed to. Well, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, and then the cop was like, "I'm I'm going to be loyal and not squeal on Frank Castle, but you're still going to find out." that it's Frank Castle anyhow when you send your friend Quentin Glass to go figure it out. Yeah, Frank Castle like (laughs) retired but then later they said he's taking a desk job in London but they threw like a retirement party. I don't know. There was a lot of things where I'm like... He retired from... He just retired from from undercover work. Undercover work. I think it's undercover work and they they don't do a good job explaining that He tells his son then we're never moving again. He also tells his son, you know what I miss about Buck? Yeah. He knew how to catch a ball no matter how hard you threw it, which is he hitting that dog? With is he, those yeah, balls? was he taking that dog? Like, and the dog's <laughs> gone. Like, I was that was very confusing. And his son lives in the doghouse. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, but yeah, no, he, t- I love yeah, he comes into his house and he talks to his wife. And he's like, Where's where's whatever his son's name is? And she goes, Where do you think? You, you and know, then he walks yeah. out back and he starts talking <laughs> to the doghouse. He's like, What's happening? And then his son comes out of the doghouse. <laughs> he, he tells his son, like, Oh, we'll never, we'll never move again. And he's like, you said that the last time. And I'm like sitting there being like, this kid's like seven. How how many times have they moved <laughs> that he's already like jaded about it? But then he's been undercover in the Netherlands. And then now yeah. they like gained the trust over these years or whatever. And oh, man. Yeah. yeah. You said that after we left the hash bar, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we never came back. Um, yeah, so there's a whole moment where they have like a Hallmark family thing at home where his wife is like, this was a hard one, wasn't it? He's like, this is the last one. And then they talk, he talks to his son and then they're like, let's go have fun. And they start playing like tropical music immediately. You're off to the family reunion. And then we get a hard cut into Howard Saint's funeral for Bobby and, uh, the score picks back up, which like. (laughs) It just there goes that tonal whiplash of like dun, 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 yeah. it's like okay, um, and that's when uh, Howard Saint's right hand man Quentin Glass is like, we found him, we know he is Frank Castle, he's hiding out, blah blah blah, and uh, Travolta's like, I think you should be at that family reunion. I think you need to tell my wife how he died, and then his wife is just like, no, well, she does and she this pulls reveal. the veil, up yeah, and she looks. The veil to the is camera. solid. It looks like a yeah. black tablecloth that yes. just draped over her hat. Like it, it's not like see through at all. Yeah. Like there's no way she could walk and yeah. know where she was going. Like they did like, it as like a dramatic reveal of like her pulling it back, and then you're like, okay, well, I don't know who this is, and then she, yeah, oh, she's uh, like, she's Rita from Mulholland Drive. Well, yeah, that's true. Like. No, I think and what Quentin happened, Glass Ryan, was, is uh, remember the Titans coach. Yes, I kept thinking. <laughs> all I could think of, like Will Patton is like a good, pretty yeah, no, good actor. But all I could think of is I don't want them to gain another yard. Yeah. <laughs> you blitz all oh, no. night. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I think that really what happened, Ryan, was when this came out in theaters, those diehard Punisher fans, when they when they did that reveal with the veil, they were like, oh my God, that's Livia Saint. Like, there, that's not even a real character, even a but character they still like, the no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're even in um, the comics. Yeah, they just played it up for that kind of shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she's like his family, his whole family, and um, Howard Saint, in a very progressive move, is like, is this really what you want? Like, okay, yeah, sure, do whatever. Yeah, sure, yeah. I want to consult. Let's make sure we're in this partnership together well he doesn't come Strong? off as progressive yeah. later so not, let's yeah not, obviously let's well, well that's why there's there's a lot of subversion in this film <laughs> um didn't say it's good <laughs> <laughs> definitely intentional yeah, definitely a digital um yeah so then uh we get the okay and this is a scene that i really wanted to i really want to talk about the family uh massacre um because i have to wonder if this could have been done in a more tense way uh, like it was done when it's executed, oh, it's kind of tense in the way that the style was going, but uh, no, it just yeah, doesn't land. That was awful. That was the part where I was like, oh man, this movie's just yeah. all over the place, off the rails. Yep. We're trying to start off with, okay, first, we need one step back. Yep. The Punisher shirt is the shirt that he just bought. Oh. His son just shop. bought at a gift shop in yeah. Puerto Rico. Words off spirits. <laughs> and it wards off spirits. That was like the dumbest. Also, he gives it to Tom Jane, his, his dad, as a gift, and he opens it up, and he's like, oh, this is interesting. It's a T-shirt with a skull on it. And his son goes, do you like it? And he goes, like it. I love it. Yeah. It's like, you don't fucking say that line seriously. Yeah. You don't. Even even when that line is read as a joke, it still doesn't work. If you say it seriously, it's, it's even really worse. stupid. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. exactly the delivery uh, of, of so much of this. That's that's the other thing is um, we're talking about, okay, uh, we're not going to talk about the Suicide Squad. Dixon has negative feelings, no about, feelings about it. it. But, but when Ryan did bring it up, when Ryan and I were talking about it last week and kind of recommended it to Dixon, um, part of what made that fun was the characters play everything serious and the audience gets to enjoy how ludicrous and absurd it is. And this it's the same thing. Like the characters are playing it completely straight, but it's, it's not supposed we're to, supposed like, it doesn't, to feel it straight. Like it's not, it doesn't, yeah. yeah, it just, it comes off as that. Like this is absurd. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, but so he, his family, like this is the, the driving motivation. This is what's supposed to make us be like, Oh, that's fucked up. We I guess we hate Howard Saint now because I don't know what he does. That was what I wrote down at this point. I'm like, what does Travolta do? Like, we haven't established him as anything but a guy who's upset about his son. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he's a mobster. It's we not exactly he's a money launderer. Yeah, yeah I, guess. I guess they say. They get yeah. into a little bit more, but it Later. still makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that, that, like, instead of, like, oh, my God, shooting, you know, I come back and Uncle Ben is dead or... Uh, you know, Bruce Wayne's parents get shot in front of him in an alley. No, we watch like action USA level ridiculous. Yes, it's a canon film. Canon film violence of, of like 30 guys all in black, all yep. wearing like black, black suits to crawl up sneakily on the beach during the day, during, yeah, during the, day the day to kill every family member and waiter and guy who happened to be walking by with his dog that's in the vicinity yeah. of this place in ridiculous fashion and then have a car chase yep and a bo- and yeah like it's a just, motorcycle, a motorcycle race chase thing yeah i don't even yeah also i want to point out during this beach reunion um 
they they so they do the typical trope of they have to build up the family. You can tell that foreshadowing is foreshadowing is the hardest. Like it's just ham fisted punching you in the face. The, him and his wife are on the beach, and she's like, "We're not lucky. We're blessed." Oh yeah, and they're like mm-hmm. kissing, and he's like, "Oh, I'm so happy that I have you and all of my family." And then his dad's like, "A toast to all of my family that's here. I'm happy we're all alive we and got well." Together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's There's great. this really awkward <laughs> shot too where Tom Jane and his wife eye fuck each other real yeah. hard oh, for yeah. like 15 yeah. seconds of just cuts back and forth like, okay, you, you don't have to keep, you can cut to something else now. <laughs> and then he just leaves. He just walks onto the yeah. beach. Like, That's right. He has to go find her. Confused. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they do that whole like, here's, here's where we're just going to like pour it on thick. And then the next day it's like, all right, here comes the band of people to kill all of them. Um, and that's when they're intersplicing like the goons walking up and then it's, I got like death promise flashbacks. I don't know if you did because there's music playing where the family's having fun and then it cuts to no music and <laughs> yeah. everybody walking <laughs> silently up. up. Um, and I was like, there could have been a way better if I just watched the family have fun. I was trying to think of like, this is a fascinating movie for me to think about. How could you make this interesting, actually engaging when you're watching the scene? If one, they had laid the foundation for the family connections a, a lot better with a lot more kind of like inside talk and jokes and you're getting to know these characters as opposed to, I'm glad you're all happy and alive and with me kind of thing. Yeah, the only touching moment we've seen to this point is him talking to his son in a doghouse about Buck. About, the about dog like not moving again. Been. Yeah, and then he and his wife kind of like, have a moment on the beach, I guess. Yeah, that, like wasn't of. that touching. It's still not. Yeah, there's still not enough. And so, and like, then I guess we, his. Well, then his dad shows him his guns. Yeah, you're you're nineteen. <laughs> Actual guns, you're nineteen, not- <laughs> twelve Colts. You've done something with them. Yeah, they, they do that whole setup thing, and like, oh yeah, I made all these modifications to the nineteen elevens. Oh yeah, those are really. Yeah. I, I forget the like nail drivers. Yeah, so no, that, sounds, nail drivers. Well, that sounds worse than a gun. Did you yeah. make them worse? <laughs> um, but but then immediately these guys start charging the beach, and they just grab shotguns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Wait a minute, you're just talking about how exactly. awesome these nineteen elevens are, and these guys are pretty far away. Like pistols aren't great for the, but shotguns are definitely not great for yeah. long yeah. range shooting and like. <laughs> yeah and so anyways like when this kicks off it kicks off kind of how i would think it would if the movie was good where there's um first of all i would take away seeing any of the goons coming up i would just yeah, know just that they're coming jump to chaos and you're Why have, they have just, the like shot in the background like yeah. if they're in there and they just hear the gun shot yeah like that's tense yeah and, and then like you have the the initial chaos of like oh aunt so-and-so was shot or mom i think he says mom right and his mom like keels over he dead. has a mom i didn't even yeah, we didn't even get to see his i think that she like just dies okay. or something yeah. immediately and uh not important it's just one of those things where like <laughs> if they had let us sink into that family moment to actually experience a lot of the characters watch them have a good time instead of hey here are these goons coming flip right back over to i believe summer the the song that's like in the background is that I don't know what it's called. It's probably called summertime or something, but it's like summertime <laughs> and Tom Jane is just drinking like a nice beverage. It's not a Bud Light. It's something nice. Uh, <laughs> so we've got a cocktail um, and having a good time. And then it cuts back to the goons and it cuts back to them and it cuts back to the goons. And it keeps doing that. And if I just had a moment to sit with this family, get to know each of them and kind of draw that out and then have somebody be shot when you don't expect it. You never know when it's coming. That's the tension that would be built there. But instead they're like, no, it's an action movie. Like, fuck it. Um, let's just show the goons coming. Oh, you know, it's there. Somebody's going to get it. And then the chaos happens and everybody's being shot at. And the first, my first laugh in this movie is 
when the dude, one of the goons opens the door, right? As uh, Frank Castle is loading the shotgun, he finishes loading it, cocks it. The guy opens the door, the most unfortunate timing ever. He takes a moment to just realize what's happened. And then Frank Castle pulls the trigger and he just flies backwards, backwards out of it. Yeah. That stunt. Um, and I was like audibly like, that's hilarious. <laughs> like, yeah. just... And this whole thing is like a stuntman family reunion because not only do the mobsters go flying backwards, the family members are like going over tables and yeah. <laughs> being thrown into the air. And there, there's that part where uh, one of them is like behind a, a counter area and a, a, either Tom Jane or Roy Scheider shoots the counter. I think Roy Scheider shoots the counter and like one of the like, little like Panels cupboards falls whatever, off yeah. and it uh, exposes a gas tank. It's like, well, I know, you know where, where this, this is going. going. <laughs> and then I feared they do it right away, but they waited like maybe 15 seconds and finally somebody shoots that gas tank and just this absurd explosion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was another moment where I was sitting here being like, Oh, this is exactly what we need to feel for him and his family. <laughs> Yeah, um, probably th- killed some of his own family. Yeah, yeah, he took out. <laughs> the grandma was thing. was about to make it. <laughs> yeah. I like to point out. I'm sure that you did. Somebody write this down too. That um, the the mom and the son, they're on the beach right before the massacre happens, and she's he's the son is like, "Mommy, look!" And she's like, "Oh yeah, stingray. stingray? That's not a stingray. In the that's sands? a horseshoe crab. Yeah, that's like a horseshoe crab. Yeah. That was way too hard to be. A yeah. Stingray. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I was like, hey, that's not what that is. It's just that's the." Uh, yeah, Stupid just like improving. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, um, yeah, so anyways, the family's like, I won't being... fix it in post. Yeah. They never did. Yeah. <laughs> they never did. They, they, could ADR, they saw but... the rest of the movie and they're like, mm, yeah, never mind. <laughs> no, let's not go back. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so the rest of the family is, is slaughtered uh, entirely by goons that have distinct faces, which I appreciate when your goons have distinct faces because I can be like, hey, now that guy's going to get it later in the movie. And yep. I at least am tying it back to like, Oh, you're not just like John wicking it up where you're murdering tons of dudes that wear like a ski mask. Like I, all of these guys, they don't have backstory. This wasn't like a, uh, any kind of Alfonso Caron affair. Um, <laughs> otherwise they would totally have so many little flourishes to what they do. Uh, but yeah, so they, they all like murdered the family and then they start driving in. A, they all get in the same truck or a group of them do with well, Johnny they, and, uh, Frank Castle's wife and son, instead of like staying put where they're hidden, mm-hmm. book it for a truck and drive off. It's not just a truck; it's an SUV that's attached with to it. a boat. <laughs> yeah, with like a rinky dink boat to the back of yeah. it, it gets whipped around. And so, yeah, then a few of them jump into a truck and chase them. And then we get nice shots of like trucks going over, like jumps and yeah, all like, this kind of stuff. It's kind of fast like, and furious for a second, yeah. just a little bit. Uh, and and then you get you know like. Um, and meanwhile, uh, then while that's going on, Thomas Jane's still fighting. He's like, knife like, fighting somebody. He knife fights a guy for another three near the minutes. gazebo. They're like dancing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, um, there's a yeah, lot of knives in this movie. There are a lot of knives. Uh, yeah, it's uh, fun fact. Uh, Thomas Jane accidentally. Um, yeah, he actually cut. stabbed him. Uh, Kevin Nash. Yeah, the the Russian actually. Yeah, it's our wrestler. Oh, the big fight. dude. Yeah, yeah. It's our um, wrestler reference. Kevin Nash was a wrestler there you go. diesel and wwe drink guys yeah we don't we don't have any alcohol <laughs> here today he but was in the nwo yeah no so he legit gets stabbed like when they do that oh sh- shot shit. or whatever he he like stabbed him okay well, and then they just later. kept rolling yeah okay. we'll, we'll talk about that later so um yeah uh frank castle he grabs his shotgun he's running his dad's been shot i think already and killed at this point and, yeah he went uh, down he, yeah, he went, went down, down stabbing a guy in the back that's right <laughs> good good for him he he went out fighting um and frank castle yeah hops on a motorcycle rides over he's trying to catch up and uh that's when like the 
I guess the boat flails and then the truck, truck flips, flips and, over like three times. And yeah. Which was a cool, like, that's just a, I always like watching cars flip over. I'm like, wow, they actually did it. Good for them. Yeah. Like, practical effects again in this movie, they go for it uh, when they, they can. Uh, now, give again, them credit for that. You have a moment here where you could be like the mom and, and son are like trapped in the car and then it's this like cold kill where you walk up on them or whatever. Nope. Nope. No, we don't. We're not going to go with that. <clears throat> the, the comically like go back and check out this when that that villain's truck like hits that truck yeah the, the guy in the back is like a dummy and he clearly is like flailing around <laughs> like because there's so much force of these two trucks hitting and then yeah. it pops back and there's two guys in the back and they just stand up just fine in the back of this truck that just smashed into another truck yeah i i love that the goons are like Oh, this woman and her child that are injured and hobbling. Let's just take the truck anyway and bash through this other car. Yeah, yeah, they take through. the time to like bash. Um, yeah. So, anyways, the 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 wife and son they're running on the docks. Um, and to what the, end? I don't. Why to, you to, just the boat. to running the, to, okay, to grandpa's the, boat. That's what they jump said. Jump in the ocean. Like get out of the way. Yeah. Honestly, at that point, it's, you it's could ridiculous. do whatever. But they're they're probably going to just like spray bullets everywhere. Whatever. Yeah. But, it's a better chance than just standing there while a. It's true. Car comes they they have the Prometheus problem where they can't get out of the way yeah. of whatever's chasing them, um, <laughs> even though there's clearly like area for them to do it. Uh, and so we don't even get to see them get hit by the car. There's just a cutaway like you would do with a pet in anything like it's cut away from it. Don't show it. Mm. And then don't even show like the wheels going over a dummy or any of that. Just cut back to, to uh, castle running. And he's it's like screaming for them and he runs down the dock and he like, kneels down and this was the part where like my brain when i was a kid i didn't register how stupid this was <laughs> but as an adult it's fucking hilarious that i, I want to think about how this dock is formed yes. because the truck Thank comes you. around <laughs> the corner at the end of the dock yeah. right he, he, the, I, the, I was the, like, where the fuck did the truck go? Where did the truck go? He just got there. Yeah. Like the truck like, is out been to a lot more time passed than I yeah. realized. They, the editing here. they ran him over and then like backed up and drove off, I guess. Yeah. And they just waited. So they it went was, all the way to the dock and it's large enough to turn a truck back around. And they knew that. They're like, options, yeah. just keep going up there, Jim. And then you could, you can get a good turn in and then we'll come back by. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so begins uh, the RoboCop-esque murder of Frank Castle, <laughs> where um, he fires all the shotgun rounds into the glass of the car uh, instead of waiting for them to get closer. Um, then he's out of ammo. They shoot the shit out of him, drag him over to the docks, right? Yeah. And then they shoot him more. Yep. And then they light everything on fire. Before that, he says, like, Maria, like, really low gruff, his last thing that he thinks about. How many uh, bullet wounds does he have at this point? Like, it's pretty it, ridiculous. At least half a dozen. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, they, they, it's like a, just a firing squad into this man who then gets a full, like, um, diesel trucks worth of petrol put all over the docks and burnt. And then there's other gas canisters too. Who knows how much that explosion is? Yeah. And he just flies off. In well, like there's the, a, a, a gas station out on station the dock, too, yeah. like to fuel the boat. So and there's a yeah, fuckload of gas. A ton of it. Yeah. Um, and so then he just blows up this brilliant explosion. Uh, and he, his body does this really dumb thing where his, <laughs> his legs <laughs> and arms fold back and he, he pulls like back. Flies backwards. Yeah. You can tell where the harness is kind yeah. of thing. Nothing else on the dock does. <laughs> that everything yeah. else engulfed it, in yeah, flames just his body fire. just yeah. flies off into the ocean he, he flies off into a small and they just island. don't notice him like they stand around looking at the dock and they just don't notice that he's swimming around yeah in, they in think the about ocean there. how cool the fire fucking looks yeah, as they cigarettes. walk away yeah they're like we can walk away and there'll be this giant fireball behind us guys will be great yeah exactly <laughs> uh castle was found um almost dead 
I don't know how he's almost dead. He should just be dead on an on a small like island set of islands, um, very small set of, of land. Uh, by the guy that they like foreshadowed Referenced earlier. at one point. They were just like, yeah, he's, he's the only madman who would do yeah. whatever. The only other guy who would swim Goes out to this to island islands. is yeah. the, his castle. Like, and uh, that's when we also got the exposition of like, he used to be a Navy SEAL for a really long time. And th- th- these other things of like, oh, he's a badass. Like you could have shown some of. That would have been interesting. Those things, which apparently there's an alternate <laughs> version of this movie that is 20 minutes longer. Oh God. And it's <laughs> the first 20 minutes is dedicated to showing his like Navy SEAL time and oh, some that of that and i was like no just tacked on i just don't the start of the movie. there's a reason well, it's if you did that been... and then jumped to his family dying or past his family dying or something right you could have established and then used that as something later yeah but though like it's been way too long to get to this point and then it's and then it's like he's just gotten the t-shirt his family's died in this ridiculous Didn't way ton that got the t-shirt yeah yeah we have this mention of like this guy in the island but we don't even he gets barely any dialogue or even does anything he like, just says via condios he's just there to set up a one-liner yeah. and yep. then he has to then translate it because they don't trust the audience to Did just know, like, know. <laughs> yeah. figure that out yeah um so yeah, he nurses Castle back to health. Castle goes back to the family uh, little hut. To the family grabs, restroom on the side of the beach. <laughs> family restroom. And he grabs his Colts, well, uh, his dad's Colts. Yeah, which at this point I was like, I for a moment thought they're burning down the pier to cover their tracks, but they don't go back to that house. They don't really. So yeah. I guess they didn't really care. They put it in the headlines too, right? They were yes, just like, the family was like Frank Castle's family murder. <laughs> yeah. As if everyone knows who he is. Yeah, exactly. Like he is a, I mean, they can <laughs> just name in a Frank headline Castle. and people know yeah. who that is. You know him. He was that fake German that brought down all Famous that. Famous undercover cop, Frank Castle. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. I, I gave these like scene type. Like I wanted to play a game of like, what would these be called in the DVD bookmarks? Because the DVD didn't oh, go the extra say, mile. I think you're going to say in Pig. They have a little like no, no, no. <laughs> title up and title down. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, that too. But like, yeah. Yeah, my my Blu-ray copy of this had a bonus features, and the only bonus feature was that you could add bo- bookmarks to the Blu-ray wherever you wanted to go back to. Oh, uh, there are no scene selections no scene, at all. No, I guess not. So I was like, okay, the first scene is is obviously good deal gone wrong. Then there's the tears of a saint. Uh, then there's, hey man, that's my family. What the fuck? <laughs> and, then, uh, and then there's, I could have been a contender <laughs> when he's murdered on the docks. On the docks, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then, and then I didn't have a last one for like the castle recovered. I didn't give a shit. It's just like, <laughs> all right, point. that's funny enough. I'm done. Um, when when he gets the guns too, he just punches open yeah. a glass gun case and yeah. it shatters, and his hand is perfectly fine. Yeah, like he couldn't just open the case for some reason, and he just he doesn't wrap his hand in anything. He just punches it with his bare hand, just grabs the guns, and off he goes. Yeah, for okay. a second I thought like Zack Snyder directed this because of how like inhuman the Punisher is in some of his scenes where he just takes like no damage for something. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Cause at first I didn't know, like was like, he got shot with blanks at the thing or what? It looks like it was like, Oh, is he alive? And then later he takes a bunch of shots. I'm like, was he shot before? Like it's inconsistent. Yeah. Um, So this is like, we we've gotten through all of the setup. This is literally somebody being like, all the, all this stuff happens. Uh, but they do it in such a slow it. way. We're about to, 45 minutes in yeah. at this point. They have to linearly set everything up for yeah. us. They can't trust the audience to know that these things we've, have happened. We've spent a lot of time establishing Howard John Travolta's bad. angry for something that honestly isn't really Frank Castle's fault. Yes. We don't really know anything about Travolta other than, quote, mobster. Uh, and we spent forever to get to a, 
an over-the-top killing of Frank Castle's it's, family. It's weird because this has pieces of what could have been actually like a tragic um, forces against each other kind of story because like I get the grief that's supposed to be there for Howard Saint. I understand he's grieving, even though he's like a really evil mob boss, whatever. And he clearly doesn't like either of his doesn't, sons. Yeah. He doesn't like either of his sons. There's still like something about it that he's like grieving through and trying to get around. And you could have done something where it's like, here's how like pain get begets more pain. There's only suffering that begets more suffering and kind of like the hatred that's introduced, but this is a Punisher movie. So mm-hmm. we need to do away with that, even though we have all of the makings for it and just make it something that's like ingestible where you end up being like good guy, bad guy, which I'll take a side note here and say our buddy, Jim, we've mentioned Jim before. Um, I told what's Jim up, we were going to be, yeah, what's up, Jim? I told Jim we were going to be watching this. Uh, and Jim said, this country doesn't deserve the Punisher. <laughs> um, and, and, and he Jim likes he did, this movie? No, 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 not that. He, he just meant like the character. He was like, I think that there needs to be a freeze, like a pause on people having access to anything that has to do with the Punisher until they actually understand the material. It's, it's what Ryan was talking about yeah. at the beginning of like, the whole reason the Punisher exists is to establish that kind of like vigilanteism and this antihero character. He's not good. He's not somebody that you necessarily want to root for. He does shit that's really depraved. He's supposed to do shit that's pretty inhuman. And it's in the name of like what in this movie he calls natural justice and punishment. Um, And it's that same kind of conversation that's had uh, much better and much more tactfully in the hateful eight about pioneer justice versus what Mm -hmm. is like due process. And Talk about that Sam Jackson monologue. Uh, oh. not, that, not that monologue in particular. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so in this, like when I told Jim about it, he was just like, ah, man, like, yeah, just we need to, we need a moratorium on who can watch this and how they can cheer for what's happening. Yeah. And that's something that I noticed throughout this is um, they never go full force into he making me hate Thomas Jane, make me hate Frank Castle as a character. They don't try. They try to make him as sympathetic at any point as possible, even when he's mm. getting to that barrier. That, that they point really want like, you to think he's super awful. cool. Yeah, it's, it's way more like, isn't he rad? Like, look at what he does. It's, it's Charles Bronson in Death Wish 3 or something kind of thing. <laughs> um, and that's just kind of like where, when, when he's like, God's going to sit this one out, I was like, okay, yeah, I know exactly what this movie is. Um, based on this and all of the ham-fisted narration up to this point, it's very clear that this is meant to be the popcorn flick of like reduce, like completely reduce this, this property down to um, the most appealing demographic thing that can catch a mainstream audience. Yeah. So it takes this weird line between the Punisher and trying to make something I think they think is going to be marketable. Like they want this to become a franchise. The superhero stuff is starting to happen. Um, But then the, and this is R. this is an R rated movie where we didn't really have R rated superhero things in this kind of midst. Blade was R. Yeah. Blade was R. So Blade was R. And I think this wants to kind of be Blade but then you've had X-Men and Spider-Man and, and you know, honestly, we're at a point here where it's Daredevil, Hulk, Catwoman in 2004. So we're right about the worst time for superhero Batman movies Begins again. Was Batman Begins comes 05. So yeah. we're like on the cusp of getting a little bit better. Um, but it wants us to become a new franchise and maybe sell T-shirts to kids possibly, um, but then doesn't try to make him an interesting character or balance this. Like he's just completely justified in being a murderer, I think is what it's going for. Yeah. So uh-huh. the, the comic that's based on, and we can get into some further parts of that, but it's, this is mainly Garth Ennis's 
Welcome Back Frank, uh, which I think is called Punisher 2000, but it's like titled Welcome Back Frank. Um, Garth Ennis, known for Preacher and The Boys, and you can start to see where some of the stuff in this comes from then. He's not someone that presents like, oh, here's a great person doing these things. He just shows fucked up shit. Like that's, he likes to show violence and, and put it kind of over the top to kind of talk about other things, but he doesn't make his characters necessarily like good people or even be concerned if they're good people or not. But he does something that happens a lot in Punisher comics. He shows other superheroes against the Punisher and he shows other villains against the Punisher, and you're able to see him between the two. Yeah. And this movie doesn't like have a universe it exists in other than itself, so just, it can't bring in another... Yeah, just Tampa. Yeah, just Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> it can't bring in the mayor from Tampa. No, it can't, can't, like... It doesn't have... So in the comic, Daredevil comes in, and we get this line between Daredevil's, like, no kill and bring them to justice in court, right, against Punisher's, like, nope, kill him which again, that happens in the TV shows, the Daredevil and Punisher. You get to see that in the TV show, the difference between the two. And then he has these like three ludicrous buffoons that become like want to be like him that each take like a different sort of angle at their punishing justice or whatever. Okay. Uh, but they take it like way too far. Yeah. And so you kind of get this like, okay, he's in the middle where maybe he's justified, but he's taking it to like killing them to take it out. So he's worse than Daredevil, but he's not a complete psychopath like these other people. And so you get something to think about there where this movie's just like, no, nah, he just goes and kills him. Yeah, and I guess you want him to. And he kills all of everyone like, yeah, something I thought as about well. would have been, and still, I haven't seen Warzone. I know it's bad, but it's supposed to be like absurd and in its own way. But something I thought would have been an interesting counterbalance if they had tried to continue on with this would have been in the next movie to make Frank Castle the most despicable person and maybe bring in a hero too, like to completely, because at the end of this movie, you're supposed to be on the side of the Punisher and you're supposed to, according to what the movie's trying to tell you, like, Oh wow. He's a, he's kind of a good guy now. And it's, even though he's an antihero, he's done all this fucked up shit. It ends on such a heroic note. Same shit. He's on the bridge, just looking over things and being like, wherever there's a cop beating up a guy, I'll be there. And like, to and, murder that. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there to murder them. <laughs> and and like the it's weird that by the end of it, the movie itself is so numb to how many people he's killed in so many graphic ways, too. And mm. he's made like one-liners and jokes out of it. It's it's he's such a fucked up character, but the tone that's played at any point in time, there's even like a, a standoff at the end that evokes Western imagery where him and Travolta just sitting there with their hands on holsters and it plays like something that sounds vaguely kind of Western to spaghetti Western style sort of thing. And I was like, this doesn't need to be here at all. Um, this could have easily been something else. Uh, but yeah, so we get his, his new life established. We've gone off on a bit of a tangent, yeah. just discussing like where this movie has gone wrong because it is very much in the wrong and how it presents itself. That's what makes it bad. That's also for me, what makes it funny um, that it fails so hard at trying to do anything of value. Uh, we're talking about, Dixon uh, has constantly talked about how Marvel movies have no stakes and, and this <clears throat> doesn't have any stakes at all really for it. Go, there's nope. nothing. Cause he has, he even says it at one point. He's like, I've got nothing to lose. There's no stakes. Uh, he just has to murder a bunch of people like, like Bronson has um, in, in any of his death wish films. Those uh, are more fun though. <clears throat> yeah. Those are more <laughs> yeah, fun. Right. Um, and so <clears throat> they also like you're talking about his his character, them trying to make you like him. They, you know, they put him opposite Travolta, who is this evil billionaire who can literally buy 
justice and, and just kill whoever he wants through hired goons. So, so like you have to hate him more essentially. Yeah, and yeah. then they try to make you like Tom Jane by putting him against these weird people who live down the hall from him yeah. that are like kind of likable, but also just kind of stupid and just kind of generally shitheads. And like they, you know, try to make it seem like Tom Jane has a heart by like him defending sitting down them. to dinner with them and yeah. like, yeah, defending them from sh other shitheads that come by. And it just doesn't, it doesn't work to make you like Tom Jane or to make him seem like a good dude. And he's, his character is actually actively, um, resisting trying to get to know them but the movie still feels like it's trying to make you say like oh he cares about these people he has a family again so therefore he's a good guy and i should like him and want him to succeed that's the problem is the movie tries to establish that he he doesn't have it's not that he's a broken heart he just has a slightly fractured heart of gold that needs to be mended by this new surrogate family in some way like mm -hmm. they're kind of chipping away at social parts of him but it's not even that yeah. case like there's not even that um, ben so, Foster as a, a nerd with yeah. a bunch of face piercings who plays video games all day was hilarious to me <laughs> Which, because I like uh, Ben Foster has never played a character like that ever since. And he always tries to be this over the top hard ass and seeing him in that role was hilarious to me. Yeah. yeah I love that they don't try at all when they introduce. So, so we're getting to this part where, um, yeah, Frank Castle comes back. Uh, he, we get a montage of him loading up on guns, fortifying his car, fortifying his apartment in the shitty complex. Yeah, essentially building a Batmobile. He's just building. Yeah, he's becoming blue-collar Batman <laughs> is really what this is. Yeah. Um, and uh, then we get established to, we get introduced to his friends, and not really his friends, his, his neighbors, neighbors um, which it's Joe and it's Dave, Dave. and it's Bumbo. Joe, um, yeah, Joe and Bumbo. Dude. Which, uh, yeah, we, we get all this. What does he say? Spacker Dave? He has some, yeah, he's yeah, Spacker Dave. Spacker Dave. Dave know, what, is, what's Rebecca Romaine's name? Joe. Joan. Oh, Joe. Just oh, Joan. Joan. I thought it was Joe. J O A N. Joan. Yeah, I think it's Joan. Oh, uh, yeah. is it Joan? Okay. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we get uh, also Rebecca Romaine. Anytime we're in her apartment, it's playing Seether in the background. <laughs> like they just have like a Seether song going, uh, which I mean, props to them for not blaring it over in like a non-diegetic way. Uh, <laughs> it just sure keep it back there, uh, and then bring the score in when you need it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I also had a question about Bumbo because they have a, <laughs> they have a, uh, um, he is probably the most fun character. Yeah. Yeah. In he's, it. he's, he's the one character that I probably, I mean, him and Dave, I kind of relate to in a way, like they're the characters that I rooted for, even though they're the Abbott and Costello sort of bit to it. But I also kind of wondered when they're sitting down doing like a Thanksgiving thing at one point, they're all thanking each other for what they, cause they're trying oh, to get Castle awful. to come out of a shell. <laughs> yeah, they're like, Let's see what we're thankful for. Uh, and, and Bumbo says like, thanks for leftovers and diet Pepsi. Is there a Beck Dell test for heavy set people oh, wow. where they don't have <laughs> they to anything else talk food. about? Yeah, yeah. Like, cause that was like the immediately first thing that I thought was like, come on, Bumbo could have said something else. He's a sweet All guy. All he does yeah. is cook and eat and sing Italian songs. while <laughs> yes, doing yes. So. <laughs> yes. So th these three characters come from the Garth Ennis comic that this comes from again, mm -hmm. Garth Ennis has characters like this that are just one note, like weird things he puts in there. They're kind of awful and he presents them kind of awful and he uses them in pretty awful ways. Uh, interestingly, I, I don't get the casting of Rebecca Romaine in this because uh, it's supposed to be a character that's like a meek kind of beat up, you know, potentially 
can't get out of the city girl, right? Yeah. And then they kind of like try to do a romantic thing that's way wrong for yeah. what we're going for right now uh-huh. in this movie. Um, where she should just be like, absolutely is like the boyfriend knocking at her door and then he shoes him off or whatever. Um, that's fine. But like, there doesn't need to be any more like to her to try to have this romantic interest in like two days after his wife and kids and yeah. everyone else are dead. No, no, it's longer than that because they show him in one scene with a beard. And so therefore, All right, you know, well, the however long he's on the island. Yeah. yeah, we don't yeah. know. Um, he's, he's moved on. He said he's moved on to her at one point. Yeah. He's like, it doesn't matter. It's behind me. They try Bullshit, to, Frank. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Nice they, try. they try to wiggle between Bumpo and Dave being comedic. Like they act just being of Abbott Costello or whatever. They actually yeah. do that like bit where they like they lean out of, out of the, the door, door and then they fall and then they're like oh, yeah. drag away or whatever. That yeah. was that, that's some of the like, furthest towards comedy that this movie tries to go. Yep. Um, but then also wants them to be sympathetic characters. It's never quite, it never knows what to do with those guys. Yeah. And the, and the yeah, they just don't quite fit because of where this movie is trying to go. And I, and I don't think that there's, they should be there to make him look good. Yeah. Like that doesn't no. make sense either. Like, like again, we shouldn't like Frank. Like he's not a character that we should try to identify with. And it seems like the only purpose of these neighbors is to try to make him likable. Yeah. And it does it doesn't work. In the at, comics, at they're not. So that's where it's like in the comics, if anything, they sh- they're there to show that Castle is doesn't give a crap about anybody. <laughs> like right that and he's there's a little bit here where he blows him off, like comes in and just ignores him. In mm-hmm. the comic, essentially every time he sees Dave, he says whatever Dave, you know, to him is like, Hey Dave, and Dave's always like Spacker Dave. Yeah. Like and Castle never gets his name, never right, wants never to go name. that far. He doesn't care that much. What, this what is the a guy who does that even mean? I don't know, or... but it's important to Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's important to come right. Yeah, back. or whatever. Uh, Bumpo, we'll just get this out of the way with the characters. Bumpo is actually used as a weapon to kill the Russian. Where in the Frank comic? Castle pushes Bumpo, like trips Bumpo on top of the Russian, so that the Russian's like crushed under his weight. Bumbo, so, Bumbo is not big enough to do that. Yes. No, but in the comics he is because <laughs> yeah. this is like pushed to, you He's know, like pushed to a limit or whatever. Kind of yeah, it's pushed yeah. to a ridiculous limit. Um, but then like that's where and you know, he, the same bit happens where he throws his sauce in his face. Again, like Bumpo is a one note character. So then I'm thinking like if you're reading this in the comic and you're like, I'm going to make my, you know, Punisher movie for the masses, you aren't taking these characters and putting them in your movie. Yeah. Like why you felt like you had to have, or you, or you have them like one scene to be like wink nod, you yeah. know, to my comic readers, but trying to mm-hmm. put them in and like establish them as characters. And then you don't, and they don't seem to be establishing something good. Yeah. It was just a very weird. Well, this has like the cast of uh, the cast number for me, the, the amount of people in this feels like an A24 film. <laughs> Cause there's like only at any one point in time, there's like four people in a room kind of thing. And <laughs> except you never for the see, action scenes. Except for the one scene of, uh, yeah, the action scenes where there's a bunch of people dying. Yeah. It's kind of like the same stuntmen that they can cover up. And sometimes <laughs> it's like, they just want the unique faces to show. Um, but the only other time you see like a real crowd is when the money is running around. And even that crowd is like eight people strong. Like there's, there's eight people <laughs> running for hundred dollar bills <laughs> in the streets. Um, but yeah, like uh, one of the things that I thought about, we just talked about, uh, you just mentioned the boyfriend showing up for uh, Joan and how uh, like Castle comes out and does this thing where it's basically like one of those sympathetic moments where you're, it, it is supposed to draw you into him as a character and be like, oh, he's standing up for her kind of thing. What I think the real Punisher would have done is actually fucking flay that guy. Like maybe murder yeah, straight him. Just straight up kill him. Just straight up murder scum like that. 
I don't know if he's like demented at that point, but it's just one of those things where like, if this is what that movie was going to do, like the Frank Castle we know is actually dead. This Frank Castle shouldn't give a fuck about subduing people. He was very nice to Mickey. He abducts Mickey because he needs Mickey. He doesn't kill Mickey at the end of using him. Um, yeah. Which that, 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 that was kind of a fun. That interrogation scene. scene was pretty fun. That, yeah. That's from a com. That's not from that particular comic, but from another Punisher comic, that same bit with the popsicle and he's burning the meat. Like it's that's from the comic. Like, and that was great. That's yeah. good. And that's an interesting like establishment to Frank, like what he'll do to get from somebody and, and things yeah. like that. Yeah. The boyfriend chance is a chance to go either one way to be like, yeah, Frank's completely gone and murders people yeah. or to go and show that he, doesn't murder somebody from a small offense, but it, it yeah. never quite. I don't like, know, it, that's, that's what I was saying is in the comic, they have these other character. There, there's one in there that he, he like wants to clean up his neighborhood and he like kills anyone that like spits on the ground or something like that. Right. And so that, <laughs> the, is, yeah, well, but it's a good, like He's the Punisher isn't doing that. Fascist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. The Punisher is not that he hasn't yeah. gone that far. Where he like kills anyone for any offense. Yeah. But we don't, we don't know that Texas in this movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> we don't know this in this movie because we don't have a barometer for yeah. like he kills plenty of those guys that are those goons. Are like, were they? I always wondered this in movies. Like the same thing in Death Promise. Like, were those guys signed up to just die for all of this? Did they even yeah. know what they're a part of? Like, it's like, hey, come come tonight to this uh, bar. My buddy's got a job for you. You can stand at the door, or whatever. You're like, okay, cool. And you go to the bar and then you get murdered by Frank Castle because you didn't <laughs> yeah. know this bar was owned by a mobster. <laughs> yeah. So it's the mobster temping agency. Yeah. You like, know what how you're do you know? up for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know whose church this is, Roy Shed? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So yeah, like Frank Castle, like, yeah, he doesn't kill that guy, but then he probably kills other people. We don't really get anything established of like where he lies on that level. Yeah, so this is where the movie pitchforks into um, several strands of trying to explain what the fuck is going on with Frank Castle and what his plan is, because he's all over the place. He wants to like not remain under the radar, but at the same time, he's kind of laying low in this shitty place um, that he's fortified, and he goes to his grave and rips it out of the ground and puts it on the on the green of Howard Saint's golf course. Or Apparently golf has course. the first tee time every day without yeah. fail, so he will be the first one to find it. And like, if your goal is to murder Howard Saint and everyone that he cares about, why would you announce your presence? <laughs> he thinks you're dead. You have the upper hand. You have all the cards, and then you just give them all away. You, you yes. want him to suffer a little bit, I guess? I don't... So, trying to do mind games with him, I guess, was how yeah. it started. Because, yeah, that's the, that's the whole debate, right, that that Howard Saint and Quentin have in his office when John Travolta is... He's not really chewing the scenery. He doesn't do a good job of even trying to chew the scenery. Yeah, he's, he's just fucking flailing as an actor. Yeah, right. yeah, he's licking it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's... he's uh, Quentin's like, oh, like maybe he, maybe he's threatening, he's daring us, and then he's like, no, he's not daring us. He's asking us for help. He wants us he to wants help us him. to kill him. He <laughs> wants us to kill him. Um, and he's not wrong. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, that's the same side. Uh, that's two sides of the same coin, my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he just like occasionally will taunt them in the stupidest ways. Um, I don't know. Does the Punisher taunt in the comics in that yeah, way? Yeah, sometimes. Like, I mean, I could see him playing with psychologically, like, I want you to feel the fear that you've put into other people's yeah. hearts, and then I'm going to kill you a horrible way. But there's like the, he blows up that boat with the money on it at one point. 
and, and he's standing oh, yeah. just on the knoll and awesome then he just like walks explosion. away. <laughs> yeah, awesome big, big explosion yeah, followed by a deflated destroying... Thomas Jane performance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps destroying Travolta's money shipments that it seems to be that all he really does is launder money for these Cuban drug dealers at, for some reason out of Tampa, not out of Miami. Yep. And uh, he keeps like well, that's how burning or blowing no up the shipments. No one would expect it to come out of Tampa. No, maybe. Yeah, it's um, brilliant. <laughs> So he's like fucking up with his, fucking up his business and and jeopardizing his his livelihood. Is he fucking up his business? Because I would. This is another thing I wrote down. So he chucks all the like fifty million dollars out a window onto the street, and all the people run around and grab the bills. And then these, you know, the two drug lords come up and are like, "You you lost our money. You got to give us back that money, and you got to guarantee it this next time." And Drill's like, "Okay, all right, all right." And they seem to threaten him, I guess. And then that boat with the 50 million then thomas jane sets on fire and they come back again and are pissed about it and then walk off murder him at that point and then they walk off and that's Uh, it what was that side plot yeah they make fun of yeah like these aren't cubans but i'm like what was that side plot like are we supposed to feel like he was putting the crunch on travolta but he isn't because these guys didn't even really seem to have teeth yeah Uh, like uh, yeah so they they yeah so here's here's where the pitchfork comes in this this movie is just like nose what mob things are and just does them. But he doesn't really understand how to put them together. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're worried about money and making payments to each other and they launder money. I don't know what that exactly means, but they do it. Maybe we should look it up in the dictionary. <laughs> yeah. They send it to the Caymans and it comes yeah, back that, clean yeah. as a whistle. <laughs> it's that scene from Office Space when they're trying yeah, to figure out how to, how to explain it to them. each other. <laughs> um, he does, uh, speaking of Frank Castle, like coming back, he puts himself on Front Street and just walks up to the courthouse and then with the press there, and they're like, oh, my God, it's Frank Castle. He's alive. Like, he immediately lets everyone know he's live. Again, like yeah. they would know who an undercover cop is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, they read that article in the paper about that. Uh-huh. Sorry cop. about your family. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, bud. And he, uh- conf- he confronts the cops, I guess, for seemingly not doing anything about his family, which I do love. They're like, well, it appeared to like, we don't have any leads. What about all those dead mobsters back at his family house? But yeah. all right. Um, again, a moment where we could establish the Punisher as something. Yeah. Right. He goes to the cops, not out in the open, but goes to them and it's like, hey, we work together. Like, let's get this done. We got to get him. And then they're like, no, he's untouchable. We can't mess with Howard Saint or some shit. Yeah. To right? have the same group that gave him the retirement party all turn their backs on him would have been a great, great scene. Right. Excellent to see. And then we know that now he's like, well, I've got to do it my way. Right. We could have had yeah. no. Instead, it's literally like yeah. he shouts at him and then he walks to off. Get their help. He's just mad at them and leaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he has that moment where he gets to do his great thing, which, which, uh, yeah, Dixon. I hope at some point in the future, when I choose another bad movie, I'm not going to try to do it on purpose. But <laughs> but when inevitable. when it happens, I really want to be like, I'm sorry, I made you upset, Dixon, so that you could be like upset. I used to be upset when you made me watch death promise, <laughs> you know, when this thing happened, I used to get upset. <laughs> like, I don't know what the word yeah. for it. I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, that's exactly what he tells those cops. Uh, anyways, so he, we get, we get to see what John Travolta's day is like because of Mickey, because of the Mickey interrogation scene when, um, Frank Castle abducts him and does this little interrogation. Uh, we know now that there's a tea time that his son, Always has a woman around him and yeah, goes not and does important. fuck boy shit, yeah, I, I don't guess. Know why I we don't talked know. about that. It wasn't important. Yeah. Um his wife goes to the movies. Nice. Every uh, Thursday. Every Thursday. She goes to the to the movie theater and the movie that she goes to see is called 
Cacuajetes y Corazones, yeah, which translates to peanuts it's and hearts. hearts. <laughs> and I looked it up. It's not a real movie. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's another, that brings up another thing. This movie doesn't try. <laughs> no. When it comes to establishing that there's a world, it's skin deep. Like we, we just came from watching a, a bunch of Quiron films where there's a lot of depth in those background scenes in this one. Uh, even Dave playing games when he's like, you're a big disappointment to your mother and I, and he's like moving his chair around. He just goes, yes, die, die. I am the best in the world. And he wheels his chair around. The game keeps going. He has not paused. Yeah. And then he just gets up and leaves and the game continues to play itself. And it's just... There's also that, that scene. It's, it's not lit very well. So I couldn't really tell what was going on, but that chair he was sitting in there appeared to be like a, a joystick dick in it. Yeah. Did you guys I, notice that? I thought it was like a, I it was, was like a, I think it's a handicap yeah. legs. Yeah. And I think it was a handicap chair. That's maybe. what I thought. It, but it, it, yeah. it did look like a handicap chair. It was like, oh, is he stealing somebody's chair? And then like, we didn't really introduce a handicap. We didn't really establish him more than having shit in his face. <laughs> like, yeah. is he the one with all the shit yeah. in his face? Yeah. By the way, Quentin <laughs> Glass doesn't know what piercings are. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, so we're getting the day stuff and that's when, uh, the Punisher hatches the dumbest plan possible, um, that from trivia, I know, um, Jonathan Hensley, part of the Punisher's plan, uh, to frame, to fuck with Howard Saint is he wants to make it look like Howard Saint's wife and his best friend are having an affair. Uh, in order to, to accomplish this, he takes photos of, uh, Quentin Glass, his best friend, right hand man, um, having homosexual relations in an alley, just like kissing a dude. Yeah. And, and then like he, shoving him. Yeah. At the shoving same time. him. Was, yeah. He's in a rough That's stuff, a I guess. Yeah. And then he blackmails him, tells him to go to a hotel at the, the same Wyndham. time, the Wyndham hotel. The movies are fake, but the hotels in wild Turkey are real. Like right. I can't, <laughs> yeah. Did Wyndham pay to have Cheating their name your, is the yeah. place you go cheat Cheating on, on your, your, spi- <laughs> your spouse or the get Wyndham blackmailed out <laughs> in lovely Tampa, Florida. <laughs> Uh, and we couldn't get any shots inside the window. Motion. Yeah, they wouldn't let us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, get the permit. So what he does is he goes to uh, the movie night that that uh, the wife goes to. He'll he hijacks her car just to sit in it and use her phone to call Quentin Glass. Her car phone. Her which car phone. I thought car was phone. hilarious. Yeah. In 2004, she had a, yeah. a car phone. He uses her car phone with a voice modulator on it to be like, come to this bar and bring $5,000. There's I'm no caller ID yeah. at this time, apparently. Uh, yeah. They yeah. don't realize that it's her car phone. And, uh, and Quentin's like, all right, I guess I'm going to go to that hotel, um, which I don't even know if he really needs to go because Mickey could have said. Oh, I guess later he's missing, so then he's like, where's and Quentin? And then... Um, the guy never shows up. Yeah. Like so he, he never ends so up. So then he never shows up with the photos, but uh, at the same time, Frank Castle parks the car at the Wyndham. Leave, and when it. he leaves the theater, he just sets a fire hydrant a on the car. Really, he just curb. owns a fire hydrant that Which he can just set down wherever he wants. Jonathan Hensley knew somebody in New York who did that for two years and got away with it. To keep so a parking place. So he could always have a parking Amazing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, he carries a duffel bag with a, a fire hydrant, puts it down. And then I don't think just, parking places are that tough to get in Tampa. Yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah, know why. It's, it's really more just for continuity. For well, she was, she was right outside the theater, yeah, right on the curb. That's true. There, so. She would have known. You come back out and you're like, I didn't park quite there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. He takes one of her earrings and then he leaves the car in a no parking zone. So he gets a ticket, um, setting up the first ticket of like, oh, they might have had an affair here later for for Howard Saint to think about. And then he drives the car back once that's happened, parks it. His plan is going perfect according to everything. Like, there's so many moving parts here that shouldn't work that 
uh, what I was telling Jim about, I was like, the only thing I remember about this movie's plan that he has is that it's like Ocean Eleven if nothing went wrong. <laughs> like, he just has this perfect vision in his head and nothing can stop it in the cosmos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's not even a dude that is like, fuck it, I'm going to park where this fire hydrant is. This fire hydrant's not even real. <laughs> his IQ is like twice everyone else's <laughs> yes. in the movie. Um, so after that happens, then we kind of get like the first seeds of paranoia from from Howard Saint and there's the money scene where he goes and like cuts the hole in the top of the building, throws the money out. Um, and that's when somebody does the same kind of like, you know, whose building this is uh, kind of scene that I've seen in any other like mob movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, we know all the things. Um, I wonder what people think Howard Saint de- like what's his cover, you yeah. know, like nobody seems to know that. Oh, he's the rich guy that has that building. We can't, we can't cross him. He's that but, building guy. Yes, bank? Like, something about a bank? I, They're in a bank? Does he donate Again, to charity? Like, I don't know. Does he, that like, never yeah, get established. It doesn't get established. Do? Yeah. Fucking Willem Dafoe in Spider-Man is, is part of Oscorp. They're developing scientific things that are supposed to help people and military weapons too. Uh, and so yeah. like, that's the whole like Green Goblin aspect. And here it's just like this dude Literally just vague mob shit, whatever. Yeah. Oswald yeah. Cobblepot's a weird thing that lives in the sewer that comes up. <laughs> yes. Oh, sorry, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> <a different. laughs> There's uh, real quick, one thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Travolta's relationship with his wife just seems very strange. I don't know what their deal is, but their relationship seems very transactional. And after uh, they find out that Castle and his family are dead, they think they're dead, she turns to him and goes, well, you uh, you did everything I asked. You killed him and all his family, and just drops her dress to the ground. And I was like, yeah. wait a minute, do they do they like only fuck if he kills someone who has wronged her? <laughs> yeah. Is that like the yeah. price for intimacy with his wife? <laughs> yeah. Um, once you once you start something like that, it just has to escalate. Yeah. <laughs> this this there there are so many other kind of like okay. Also, the scene where he breaks into the the money laundering area to throw the money out of the building when he's exacting his. Uh, I guess it's his monetary revenge, not just his like personal revenge uh, on Howard Saint. Um, that one dude that's eating fondue, uh, I thought that that was just a nice little character bit where he actually like continues to eat fondue while trying to read something. And then like the pot's taken away and he's like, what the fuck? My fondue and just gets hit in the <laughs> face with it. Um, that part made me laugh just from like a, a like, oh, he could have been just focused on the money and then there could have been a gun into his head and it'd be like, don't move and whatever else. And I, I don't yeah. know. I just had fun with that. My, my thought was what, why is he eating fondue in there? Like, or where are they? Cause they have like a giant bank door in the back. Like I was trying to figure out the scene. <laughs> none of the scenes, none, none of the of settings and the interiors make sense. Um, that's when he goes downstairs and has the shootout, by the way. Yeah. He has the he shootout, has his trench standoff. coat because it's the early two thousands. Yep. And he, and they have the standoff where he pulls out his dad's two pistols. But right before he does it, he goes, good business murder. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the guys say nothing. And then they have like a, a standoff and then he shoots both of them through glass, which is a cool, I mean, it was a cool visual. I had, I was like, Oh, neat. Um, but yeah, beyond that, just like, Oh my God, this it's that try hard, like somebody in the audience that's clapping is clapping for the wrong reasons kind of thing that just keeps happening in this movie. Um, so after he's done this, uh, it's time for the weird assassins to be brought into the yes, movie. That's yeah. where I want to talk about this in. guy. Um, the guitar and, wielding <laughs> songwriting assassin. Yeah. Harry Heck. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, we moved to the diner where Joan works. 
uh, the diner that serves uh, only the core cast of this. Yeah, movie. no one else goes in that. <laughs> There's diner. nobody else. Again, this is a small town of Tampa <laughs> that doesn't have a lot of people, uh, and so. Um, of course, Frank Castle's eating alone at his little table with a pancakes. And that's when the, the door rings, uh, Bumpo and, and Dave and Joan are all at the same at the counter, just talking. And then they look and there's Harry Heck dude with the guitar and he sits down, just slowly opens the guitar up, pulls it out and strums it once. And you expect it to be like a, a machine gun. gun. Yeah. No, he's yeah. death staring Frank Castle and you yeah. expect, and he Castle like puts his, his hand on his gun and you think they're about to get in a, you know, a shootout right there. Yeah. And then he pulls out a fucking guitar from the guitar case. Yeah. Subversion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and starts singing a song about how he's going to kill Frank Castle. Which serenades I, him. I believe in the comics he gets killed before he even gets to meet Frank Castle. He gets killed by the Punisher before he even gets onto his job or something. In, yeah. When he I mean, he's, up. yeah, he's not in the particular welcome back Frank, but he's, he's a character that has popped up a couple times. Yeah. Like an assassin. And, uh, so yeah, he sings a song, it's which is a slightly different name, but which yeah, probably sold copies of the, uh, the CD. If I had, uh, if I had to guess, <laughs> along like, with you like my song, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> oh, I'm going to sing it for you at your funeral. Uh, and yeah, you like my Seether song too. Yeah. I wrote it for you. <laughs> um, yeah, so then he just gets up and leaves too, which I mean, there's no policy in an eating establishment, I guess. Against, you can come in and play music. Unless they and get said, out. yeah, it's, that's probably a loophole. He didn't you use know? the bathroom, so yeah, I mean. nobody thought to put no live music <laughs> on the front of the door. <laughs> um, he just walks out and leaves, and Frank finishes his pancakes, I assume, and then we cut to him waiting at a stop sign for the bridge, uh, the drawbridge that's yeah. going, and the lights are going on, and he's just kind of like, nah, and we see in the background a car just like driving fucking fast and frank like looks in his mirror and is like oh oh <laughs> and <laughs> floors the gas um which i just like it's a cool for me it was a cool scene just to see like oh fuck yeah it's like the car hits the back of it and then his car goes um i guess like just gets a little bump from that along with the gas he puts on it makes that jump over it it felt like uh kind of like one of those um I guess the Italian, uh, like Operation Dynamite. I think that's the like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once Upon a Time version of like <laughs> uh, Man on the Run or whatever it is um, with Steve McQueen kind of thing. I was like, oh, neat. Uh, that's a cool um, scene for it. Then his car just like flips and he um, lands. Well, no, wait. He, he lands perfectly, continues driving. A, a girl, a, like a, a college kid, comes out of nowhere with a soccer ball. And he swerves, oh, yeah. and that's how his car has to be stopped. Um, it couldn't just be that the front of it hit that jump wrong and something happened. Yeah, just, yeah. No, sure, you're, when your wife and child are driving away, we'll have the boat throw everything up, but we won't have your car do anything else. He did all his modifications to it. Yeah, yeah, he had the right tension, uh, steering, suspension, and everything. <laughs> um, the, his car stops, and then he has to like pull down the bulletproof shielding yeah, that whatever he put he everywhere. Put in, yeah. Harry Heck just starts like combat shotgunning the shit out of his car um, until it blows up, right? It like flips over and he crawls out of it. Yeah, some for some reason he ends up, yeah. I don't even fucking remember how convoluted. that happens. It's so like, what the fuck are you I've doing? already forgotten large parts of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a few things that you've mentioned. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it flips over and he's crawling I don't. Out. I didn't remember the fondue thing at all. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, so he crawls out of his car and uh, he pulls out what looks like a switchblade. 
And Harry <laughs> yeah. Hicks like, you are one dumb son of a bitch. Bring a knife to a gunfight. And then the fucking knife shoots out of it into Harry Hicks neck. Projectile knife. Yeah. And it's one of those fast cuts where they didn't want to do like any kind of extra, like show it going in it, again, death promise vibes for me where it was already there. And he's just like, Ugh. and yeah. then there's a gush of blood um, <laughs> that comes out of his neck and he just dies. And that is like one of those moments where, the tension's completely undercut yeah. by what is comedic yeah. in the moment. Well, we we just established that Saint sends a guy to kill him, and then the guy comes and sings a song, and they immediately have a thing, and then Frank takes him out, and it's just like, oh, that's just what we spend our time on. Like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he does that, and then again, he after this, we get, here's the formula. The formula is, I fuck with Howard Saint's money, Howard Saint sends an assassin. Yeah. So we have to fuck with Howard Saint's money again. So the only way to do that now is to stock a boat full of landmines uh, of claymores. <laughs> a whole bunch, yeah. The, particularly the ones that Howard Saint's son is overseeing. Um, to which Howard Saint's son is like, what the fuck is this thing with a beeper on it? <laughs> and yeah. sees that, does a jump. Uh, the boat blows up, all the money goes, the Cubans are pissed again. Um, we get that that nice shot of Thomas Jane standing on a knoll, <laughs> looking down at him and then turning around and walking away slowly like Howard Saint's son doesn't have a gun that he could have pulled <laughs> <laughs> or somebody. Um, again, uh, a lot of these things in the movie are like, because it must happen, it happens. Uh, and so we move on to uh, Howard Saint's like screaming about, that's where the Cubans show up. He's like, all the money's gone. The Cubans are like, thought you would guarantee this pissed off. Yeah. Uh, they make that joke about like, it's not a Cuban, it's Honduran, which I was like, that's funny. Okay, sure. Um, but again, no stakes. Before they're even out of earshot, Quentin is like, we don't have more guns. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really loud. It's my duty to let you know, sir, that we do not have more guns than them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, he's like, I don't give a shit about that. We'll fucking handle it. It doesn't matter. And then he's like, call the Russian. <laughs> and that's um, where we get the Thanksgiving scene. They not even, it's not even Thanksgiving, but they bring him to dinner and they, they bring uh, Frank Castle into the dinner. His neighbors are there. They're all like, let's say what we're thankful for. Let's get Frank to come out of his shell and forget his family's dead. That they're all horrifically murdered on a beach. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and uh, Frank's like, I'm not falling for it. And at the same time, Joan tries to make a move on him. Yeah, and he's, that was he's like, wrong. I'm not what you're looking for. But there's also a moment in one of those cuts where you can see Thomas Jane gets really close to almost kiss her. And it's the like, <laughs> we're looking at her and not him. And the next scene, he's way far away from her in the profile. And I was like, did they do a cut where they did a kiss and then they pulled away and we're like, no, that feels fucked up. Let's just like, there was definitely some inconsistencies in those cuts back and forth. Like on the, from the one side, like from her perspective, looking at him, her hand is on his face and then it would cut back and the hand was not there. It doesn't even give a shit about making up movies or having, they didn't even try to put any kind of reference to a movie. I'm surprised considering it's written by the man who wrote Armageddon. He didn't try to have her watch Armageddon or something. Oh, right. Did. Come on, man. Do, do your own reference. They could have been watching sure. like a, a good Thanksgiving scene, yeah, right? And we yeah. could have had the two of them against each other. Um, yeah. So uh, then uh, they're like, okay, well, we're going to have a dinner or like, we're going to have a, a dessert. You have to wait. You have to try my dessert. And Frank Castle's like, fuck that shit. I'm going back to my room. Leaves and then gets a knock on his door when they're over making their ice sauce? I don't even know what's going on. He's making iced Florentine, but it's, it's also actually boiling just something. Pasta yeah, sauce. I don't know. Yeah, it's like pasta sauce. Yeah. I have no idea. Boiling shit. And then they start singing that Italian song. 
um, which I tried to Shazam and it doesn't know what it is. And I know if Just I Googled it, it would show up and right, I know, yeah. but uh, I was, I was curious. I didn't think the movie was smart enough to do it, but I was like, is there some kind of meaning behind this yeah. other than a comedic? But no, it's I probably no. Not. I assume uh, no. And so they're singing, having a good time. It's that weird. Here's the tonal dissonance on full display where uh, there's a knock at the door and Frank Castle goes on over to answer and he's about to be gruff like oh, I don't want to be yeah, a fucking dinner table um, and then the door just bur- bursts open and Kevin Nash walks in it's the world's largest Waldo everybody yeah. <laughs> and, and he has unfortunately found him um, and in so, Soviet Russia yeah. Waldo finds you yeah, perfect yes um, and so uh, <laughs> Uh, immediately a fight scene ensues which is a pretty fun I, fight scene I was into this I, I could have watched time. this more of this for the whole movie. The guy's that like at least twice the size yeah. of Tom Jane. Tom Jane is not that big of a dude. He's he's jacked, but he's not a, he doesn't have a big yeah. stature. And this Russian guy is yeah. just fucking massive. So, like yeah. at least six six. Kevin Nash huge. is six ten. Six ten. He is yeah. huge. Yeah. He is a big guy. Yeah, and I wasn't he is wrong. great. He was yeah, no, he's six. huge. Uh <laughs> interestingly, he had a hair versus hair match with Chris Jericho so that they could come up with an excuse for him to cut his hair for this movie. <laughs> Okay, cool. So the wrestling wrestling had to canonically yeah, cut his which, hair, which is great because you can't just show up with a different haircut in wrestling. You need to have a reason. <laughs> that's that's wrestling. That's, oh yeah, there God. you go. You have to have a cannon. Yeah, um, that has more. Do ex- all of your haircuts have to happen on? In yeah, the they ring? have to have a hair versus hair <laughs> match where Vince McMahon cuts your hair with the clippers poorly. <laughs> it's been tradition ever since Bruce the Barber Beefcake right. uh, in the eighties. But yeah, so. Um, <laughs> So the Russian shows up, they have this really fun fight scene where there's literally like, it's just Frank Castle making the, are you fucking kidding me face several oh, yeah, times right. in a row. Uh, it, and it, and that's where like the comedy hits for me. It's a fun it's scene. A, it's fun, but the violence doesn't match the violence we've seen everywhere else yes. because now it's like, oh, they're just going through walls. Mm-hmm. He's slamming his head in a refrigerator. Yes. Like it goes over the top, but it should have just been that. I was like, do that the whole time. Just swerve into that. That's yeah. That's this movie's problem is it, it played it. It plays it too safe a lot of the time with what it was trying to. It was just like okay, we'll just pull from these other movies and then we'll keep the rating. It's R. Like you could have gone however yeah, hard you probably wanted to, it, but yeah. you just didn't. Um, and great, so, great piece. He takes a grenade. Yes. He's in the bathroom. Yes. He takes a grenade and he throws it out and like he closes the door. He slams the door with a button that he has. <laughs> yeah, for emergency. Yeah, he hit the button and then the the Russian just baseball bats the grenade right back into him <laughs> yeah, the door. Through a window. Shockingly <laughs> coordinated for a massive. Yeah, I was like, yeah, and yeah. then he was ready for it, like it to come out that he already had something to uh, hit it with. Yeah. That was great. Just and then, happened to be holding a baseball. Yeah, bat. and then it's the Punisher because, like uh, dives into the bathtub or something to get it. Yeah, it's, it's because like, of the Punisher. Oh so like the the way that the choreography went was the Russian knocks him back onto his desk. He hits the slot behind him. The gun rolls out. He grabs his like oh, magnum. Yeah. The Russian grabs the magnum and hammers it and bends, bends the with gun. With like a 50 pound yes. dumbbell, just yeah. slams yeah. it just down slams into the barrel of the and gun. That's the first, like, and you then, gotta be fucking and then, Yeah, he me. looks at it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> he picks it up and looks <laughs> at it. Yeah. Like in a cartoon yeah. when the gun like droops. It's, yeah. it's very much <laughs> like a. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 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 Oh, soundboard, guys. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, then they have like a, a bit of, yeah, he tries to hit him with a metal pipe. That's when the Russian takes the pipe and goes, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. like they do that whole thing with the grenade, hits the grenade back in, he blows up. They, and there's a moment where they flash back to the other side of the apartment and they're like, what was that? Uh, well, I guess we should continue making our spaghetti. Yeah, it's um, like an earthquake shakes their room and they're like, oh, oh I guess we'll just keep yeah. going, keep singing over here. The vinyl yeah. didn't even skip. Like they didn't, yeah, even, right. they, their record's still going. They're listening to that. Uh, 
that uh, opera. And in the background, we're getting some great comedic shots of Dave is like dancing with Bumpo. And yeah. you see like fucking Frank Castle being <laughs> choked out in the window <laughs> behind being run across like all of the counters and shit. And they keep like <laughs> turning to look in the window just at the just wrong moment. Yeah. When yeah. He's yeah. Not it's, there. It's, yeah. It's, fucking so it's vaudevillian in so many ways as if they would even be able to do anything if they knew what was happening yeah yeah and and so it goes for like the full length of this song until it gets to a crescendo um and they have like a knife that's where kevin nash gets stabbed by a knife yeah that's actually him being stabbed so it's one of those like prop nice but whatever however hard he hit it or whatever happened it actually stabbed nash it's not like a deep Okay. cut or whatever, oh. but it did hit him and cut it was him. just supposed to like go inside. Yeah. It's supposed to be like one of those like cheese or, or whatever, yeah. but it, it, it actually stabbed him. Um, which then Thomas Jane said he had to like buy a cold beers for him or yeah. whatever to make up for it. <laughs> and Nash being like, I guess being a wrestler stunt kind of guy, he just like gets stabbed and just like, well, we got to keep going. Like yeah. was like, Oh shit, you stabbed me. He just, Nope. They rolled through that scene. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like the, the scene in black dynamite when the dude gets slapped and he's like, motherfucker. <laughs> and then a hard cuts and it's somebody else. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So after the knife sequence, he's like, gets thrown through the wind, the door. And that's when, uh, he's in the neighbor's area. Now they're like, Oh fuck. Like the door just burst down and the music cuts. And it's this silent moment where he's just being choked out. Frank Castle's on a table being choked out by the Russian. He's trying to figure out anything and grab, Grabs the and hot not pot of Bumpo boiling water. Dave move an inch. Nobody. Like, oh shit! Yeah, and just watch him slowly get choked to death. This is part of Dave's arc because earlier Dave is like nobody ever stood up for me, even though he stood up for Joan, and then it's he true. froze in place. Dave again freezes in place, doesn't know what to do. That's uh, a good point. Okay, I didn't then, see it that way. He's the only character with growth in this. Honestly, you're right, though. He's the only yeah. character with growth in this movie. Yes. Um, so then Frank Castle throws the boiling pot of water onto the dude. We get a f- up close, like, put on your 3D ga- glasses, kids. You're going to see all the boils as Kevin Nash is like, over, over the top. He looks like he's been stung by a thousand bees. Yeah, it looks awful. <laughs> Supposedly, they wanted it, like, blood to actually be coming like out of his eyes oh, wow. in that scene. But the, the rating board was like, no, oh, damn that's it. too much. And they cut it to just be this like burnt face. I feel uh, like they should, they should have just gone for it and made it rated X. Just, just do it like go yeah. all the way. Well, actually like that, I don't think would be, that'd be in an R movie just fine. Now it's amazing yeah, that like yeah. they was any like, all right, I guess There's we'll cut restraint? that. Yeah. yeah. They just didn't argue for all it. of the like NC 17 and, and X rated movies that I've, I've seen are all older and they're all stuff that I'm like, why, yeah, why is right. this? It just seems like an R rated movie. Yeah. Um, so then he kills the Russian basically pushes him down a flight of stairs after that. Right. Yeah. He, they, like, t- no, they, like, they both together go down the That's flight. Right. He like shoves him through the, through the, the railing, banister. the banister, and then they both tumble down the stairs all the way to the bottom. Yes. Um, yeah. This. Uh, and then also, for some reason, he just dies. Yeah, I don't, then I don't that really was it. That's why. all it took. He got some boiling water thrown at his face, and he fell down some stairs, and then he's just dead. I mean, he had been stabbed. The other he just hadn't that... caught up with his brain. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that's the other thing that the, uh, the, the Punisher reminds me of is um, it had a lot of the Death Promise-style deaths where he hits a dude, and the dude just immediately dies, even though he doesn't shoot him. Like, it's a few of the guys he like knocks out he'll like punch one of them and i don't think it's hard enough to take a dude down but the guy just falls um and i was like oh cool okay so just he just has the death touch like the just like uh, speedy does he can yeah, do right. whatever he wants to <laughs> um so yeah he kills the russian and then basically at this point um we get uh a scene where is it like the guys are coming for him basically like yeah, the they- guards start coming to show up 
Yeah, Quentin and the, his buddies like pull up right at this moment where I guess they're like, send the Russian in and then we'll come like 10 minutes later and clean up. Like how long do you think it's going to take the Russian? I was trying to figure out yeah. like they yeah. didn't, they weren't already waiting outside. Anyway, they pull up and Dave and Bumpo, I guess, see him pulling up. They're like, shit, we got to do something. How do we help him? He's so injured. This scene um, makes no sense they, whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, uh, Quentin and all his goons come in, and they, Rebecca Romaine and Tom Jane just go into the elevator in yep. the middle of the fucking room. Yep. And Quentin and all his goons are like, where's where's Castle? And they're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to talk. They like, walk clearly into they know where he room. is. And they're just, they're just standing there in the elevator, and they just never... Open, they never check the elevator. They never even search they never the walk premises. Around, yeah. They just torture Dave until they are, you know, done torturing Dave, and then they leave. Yeah, like, it's just, which is wild. He clearly knows where he is. He's not like I don't know. He's like I'm not gonna talk. Like yeah. what the fuck? Which is the the like the thing of um, I guess they're trying to like hammer home. It's one of those things they're trying to hammer home that they're bad. But I mean, Mickey mentions it earlier. Like, oh, it's Quentin. He's a sadist. Like he's not even talking about like, oh, he has affairs with guys or anything. This guy's just fucked up and he'll do shit for fun. He's a mm-hmm. sociopath. And so I guess it's one of those kind of like, oh, well, we mentioned it earlier. Like here's how fucked up this guy is. He doesn't even really give a shit that they won't, that Dave won't talk. He's just like literally in a moment, uh, in a moment's notice, he decides like, I don't give a shit about looking for castle. Now I know we'll find him. I just want to torture this guy. Yeah, I'm going to pull gonna his yeah. this guy's piercings, piercings out for fun and then to go home. I guess he yeah. knows he's like a contact of the punisher and maybe he'll feel bad. Yeah. Which, which Ben which Foster does, does right? some, I really admired his performance struggling against that. Like that was the one moment where I almost felt, I felt like emotion for Dave. I was like, no, Dave. <laughs> if only like, they had done that for the Punisher's family. Yeah. Right. Like this scene is like tense and you feel for Dave. Yeah. And like, that's exactly what they should have done earlier. Yeah. Again, with a tonal dissonance, like we care more about this weirdo yeah. that's <laughs> just been in a side character getting his piercings horribly slowly pulled out and and then again they're trying to get you to like castle because of these friends that he has and you know finally quentin and the goons leave and castle comes out of the elevator and he's like why did you do that you don't owe me anything and he goes because you're family. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> no, he's not. You guys are not family. You have spoken to Castle maybe three times. He has spoken to you maybe once. Like, he's blown you off. You shared one meal with him. You have, have spent a total of maybe 45 minutes with this guy in your entire life. Yeah, I would maybe believe the scene if they had shared Coronas. But yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think any of that is really... Also, when Castle emerges... From uh from the elevator, we have this. It's like a really dramatic shot. It's the rise of a hero kind of shot. He's coming out of the floor, and he's got the um. For some reason, all I could think is like a Charlton Heston kind of vibe to him, <laughs> or like fucking Troy McClure in uh, the Planet <laughs> of the Apes musical, the like shredded shirt kind of yeah. thing. Um, and, and which just, they make a huge deal about, like, oh, he's so beat up, and yeah. throw him down the elevator. He's seemed perfectly fine later. But he insists that Dave goes mm-hmm. to the hospital right. instead. Um, yeah. All he needs is five minutes of recuperation in the elevator. Then he's good to go. And some wild turkey and, uh, <laughs> and yeah. some suture. And that's it. <laughs> and he's good. Yeah. Wild turkey. It fuels your rage and it heals your body. <laughs> um, so from there, we get the the final segment. This is the build up to the climax where Castle's basically just like, all right, it's time for me to fuck shit up. Um, oh no no we and, gotta oh, deal he, with his with uh saint's wife and oh, he, he goes, yeah yeah that's that's the other thing is um 
this is like, well, he starts his prep. Dewey, he's, though. Like, he's yeah. trying to prep up. So he he pulls off his little stunt again where he puts the fire hydrant down and takes his takes Howard Saint's wife's car, blah, blah, blah. He calls Quentin and is like, sorry, I didn't show up last time, but I'll show up that this time. That was 10 grand. Yeah. <laughs> and I, he tells I, him to go to a men's clothing store and yeah. he's just walking around this store awkwardly <laughs> waiting for Castle <laughs> to show up and this sales guy walks up and he, <laughs> yeah, he, he says, down. do you need help with some underpants, sir? And he goes, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Another great, another great moment. Another great line. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. It, Again, like this movie just comes out of nowhere with these weird fucking yeah. moments that are funny <laughs> and like, okay, sure. Uh, so it's time for Howard Saint to fall down the paranoia rabbit hole. He uh, notices that Quentin's not around. Um, Mickey's like, hey, these, what do you want me to do about these parking tickets? I saw Quentin at the Wyndham Hotel. There's all this stuff. And so Howard is like, cool. I don't need to talk to the people that I've known and trusted all my life. I don't need to ask them well, anything. asked him once before. Oh, yeah. And they kind of were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And he's like, I'll just talk to Mickey and uh, I'll trust Mickey, the guy who got my son killed. Um, <laughs> that's perfectly <laughs> fine. So he's like, cool. Now I need to go and kill Quentin. So we get this scene. Uh, another one of my favorite scenes where he goes judge volta fucking just doing this weird shit as uh it's raining in tampa uh this is working to their to their yeah, sure they stage or something but yeah this is the day it wasn't raining and they had to yeah had to um, fake it yeah so quentin arrives at his house um the punisher has shown up to watch from the windows yeah. as a voyeur to enjoy this scene um he like parks right well, he, out front really conspicuously too it's like not even like a pizza van or he anything. goes in it's and just... he puts the earring in the bed or whatever so uh, then yeah. travolta comes and finds the earring and waits for quentin to come home again right. like so many layers of complicated <laughs> setup where he could just shoot people like which is what we want <laughs> it just he won't. Sh- I, if he'd have had a fight with Quentin through like four walls, I would have been way happier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like at this point, bring out the fact that Quentin has access to not only is he a sadist, but he has access to a shit ton of um, like black market guns that you've never heard yeah, of. Yeah, right. Really crazy. All go crazy on each fucking other. Yeah. Awesome to see, but no, that's no. <laughs> not what we're gonna get. Uh, instead, we're gonna get this moment between. Um, Two brothers. <laughs> it's, just, it's just called two brothers. <laughs> it's just called two brothers. Uh, where Quentin is like, Howard, what are you doing here? Um, and Howard, like, fucking Travolta walks down the stairs and is like, Jim Bowie. <laughs> like, that's how he just opens. This is how you open a conversation. And Quentin's like, what the fuck? What? what? <laughs> he's like, Jim Bowie, you know, the guy that died at the Alamo? And I was like, I don't remember. Did Jim he's got Bowie those die knives. Yeah, he died at the Alamo. Okay, yeah, okay, he died yeah. at the Alamo. <laughs> Davy Crockett's the one who ran away, right? No, he also died at the Alamo. Oh, yeah. They all died disputed. at the Alamo. No, it was historically disputed. Some of it could no, have been. No, they, they died. Oh, okay. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so then he's like, yeah, I used to put a knife in the table when he suspected somebody of card cheating, and he'd kick all the furniture out, and he's given this whole, like, bad guy monologue to his best friend instead of, like, actually trying to have a conversation and, like, with somebody tell him that why he's known he's all his life that's this. been, like, his best friend and right-hand man. Um, this just had, this murder has to happen because he knows it now. He's delusional. Uh and, and then he, he, as he's kicking away the furniture, he says, you have too much furniture. Yeah, but you have like, too what? much fucking furniture. I was like, did he get tired of kicking furniture? I didn't really understand uh, that John Travolta yeah. ad-libbed that yeah. probably. Yeah, I had too much furniture. We did the three takes of this. I'm tired. <laughs> um, and then he's like, pick up the knife, Quentin. I'm accusing you of cheating. Uh, and then there's like thunder and lightning kind of dramatic set the stage thing for this. And it's it's so weird because we're just witnessing – 
two characters that we hate and one of them is going to kill the other. And yet there's supposed to be an emotional stake in this somehow because of the way it's presented. And it just falls totally it just, flat. Yeah, it falls completely flat. Uh, but it does give me one of, for some reason, my favorite line whenever I'm playing a video game and somebody else is friendly firing the shit out of me and I'm dying or something. It's the, why you kill me? Why you kill <laughs> me? <laughs> like it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know if that was like, and then you're going to say it this way and it'll really land that this is a dramatic scene. Um, but uh, Howard's basically like, if you don't pick up the knife, I will. Picks up the knife, slashes Quentin. We get a great what? Yeah. What? <laughs> the H in um, front of the W. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he he just finally, Quentin's like, I didn't do anything. And Howard's like, fuck it, and stabbed him. And he's like, you were like a brother to me. A whole, you betrayed me. And Quentin just falls to the ground and dies. And then later, Howard makes it into like a one-liner. Um, oh, yeah. So I'll get to that. Uh, anyways, Howard's like, all right, I killed him. Now I got to kill my wife. Let's go kill Liv. Um, he shows up at the house. Uh, Liv is coming home from the theater, I guess. And Howard is just like dumping her shit on the ground. He's just like uh, standing the at the top way. of the stairs, yeah. throwing everything over. He's like, fuck <laughs> all of this. Uh, and Liv is like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's coming down the stairs and uh, saying some fucking coy shit about how she knew um, what was going on and all this other shit. And she's like, oh, yeah. Uh, Quentin is, he, he, does he say Quentin's wrapped up in something right there? She's like, you can talk to Quentin about it and figure it out. And he's like, oh, I yeah. but he's like wrapped up he's in something. Up and he looks something, over yeah. and there's a rug with like feet sticking out he, of it. Yeah, he points over there and there's this, but he brought him all the way back to his own house <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for this moment. Um, yeah, I bet he, I bet he put him in a rug in the house that like Quentin picked out for him one time, gave it to him on his birthday oh, yeah, or some he, shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the world are, building we don't get. These are great uh, things <laughs> would have been great to establish of, of, of St. Travolta's character at the beginning. Like show him like a fucked up sadistic weirdo who will like kill a guy and then drag his body across town. Shit. We didn't to, even talk. To, and, and then like set it up. So the person comes in and it's like, Oh, Oh, oh. <laughs> we didn't talk about the shitty scene at the very beginning when Mickey's being punished yeah. for uh, not telling anybody about the deal going down and trying to figure out why he even tried to orchestrate it. And that's when John Travolta shows up and he's like, the man who's responsible for my son's death must pay points the gun at Mickey, then immediately turns and shoots, shoots the dude who's left in the knee. And he's like, you're supposed to watch over him. And then he's like, Mr. St. I was going to like shoots him one time. Like and then a the classic guy, stupid bad guy misdirection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the guy gets like one more line out and then he shoots him like twice while he's saying like, thank you for that explanation. Yeah. <laughs> um, which that, is this whole movie. Like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Quickly, you mentioned uh, that uh, Quentin was was rolled up in a rug with his feet sticking out. I'm yeah. going to bring up our uh, weekly Simpsons reference. Whenever I see a body like that, with, like feet sticking out of something, I always think of the Simpsons movie, which is one of one of my favorite Simpsons quotes of all time. Is when they uh, they shut down dumping in the lake. They like build a wall around it, and Chief Wiggum's standing right there, and the mob guys come with a bot like with a body of bag with feet sticking out of it, and Chief Wiggum's like, "No dumping in the lake." And there, and Fat Tony's like, "Oh, sorry, I guess I'll put my yard trimmings in a car compactor." <laughs> <laughs> and then Lou's like, "Oh, Chief, that looked like a dead body in there." And Wiggum's like, "That's what I thought too." Kelly said yard trimmings. Dollar <laughs> 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 noise, <and> Lou. <laughs> Oh man. So, um, yeah, now we get this scene where, uh, back to Liv, Liv is like, Howard, you thought that we were 
Oh no, Howard says uh, you should really learn to pay your parking tickets. It gets, and yeah, throws them in her ticket. face indignantly, like a child would. <laughs> yeah, and uh, she's like, what, what, "Do you think he what? practiced all that? Like he got in front of the mirror Poppy and was like, gotta get your parking.' Like she'll say this, and then I'll say the parking tickets, and then yeah. I'll, no way, I'll point to the body, and then I'll say parking tickets. <laughs> I, I don't doubt it. Uh, the preparation. Well, first, I'll throw for- her shit down the stairs <laughs> while she's coming in. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Yeah, Betty. <laughs> the director's like, like, John, here's what you're gonna do. And he's like, no, no I've got it. No, I'm throwing shit it. around. Yeah. Look, man, you don't think I know how to play a bad guy? I was in Battlefield Earth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, she's like, Howard Quentin was gay. And he's like, oh, you'd like that to be true, wouldn't you? And then he smacks her, which is, again, now I... I'm confused because we already hate this guy anyway. I, I mean, he's, it's kind of bottom of the barrel. Like, okay, fuck it. Yeah, he's a villain. We get it. He's going to hit her too. Um, but we just had that scene before where there was like a weird, they were trying to establish that he had a brotherhood that was betrayed and kind of make it emotional. And they take all the wind out of that sail. Again, going back to what I said at the very beginning, Howard Saint could have been a really tragic character that he could have felt for and he could have still been really fucking evil. He's lost his son. He's grieving. He's also like paranoid. A lot of stuff you could have done with it. Instead, it's all the ham-fisted villain shit that he has to do. Yeah, um, And so... Uh, it could have made him a man that was, like, pushed further, yeah. right? Like, he wants to go over Castle, I guess takes it too far. If you hadn't had him murder, like, 35 people. Yeah. If he'd have just said, go kill Castle, and then the guys kill his family, yeah. but fail to kill Castle. So then Castle comes back, and he's like, well, now I have to kill him. And they keep pushing each other further and further. Yeah. Right? Great. To where this, it's like collateral nope. damage. They yeah. kill, like, Bumpo or something. <laughs> yeah, right? Whatever. Yeah, it just keeps pushing and pushing, and he never knows. Like, he can't give up. Like, he won't give up. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, no. And, and so they don't. Uh, instead, Howard forces her into a car. His goons help. Uh, they drive, and he talks about how the, the neighborhood they're going through. It's like little Cuba. Where they, yeah, where they and met. He's like, oh, this is where we met. It was so nice when we met. It was such a colorful neighborhood. Now it's full of whores. You'll fit right in. And he <laughs> <laughs> just says it like the worst delivery yeah. with that, too. Or it's just like, oh, fuck, no. This is just all wrong. Um, they get to uh, the bridge, and he grabs her and is like, look at that rock. Look at that rock on your finger. I gave you everything. And then he, she's like, I don't understand. And he's like, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> he grabs and he, her. He, like, Frankenstein <laughs> picks her up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and body presses her. Chucks her <laughs> over the bridge. Um, we don't even get to hear uh, the, the actor, Laura Herring. She doesn't even give a real scream. They didn't have time to get a real scream for her. We get a canned scream yeah. all the way down to the tracks, and then we get a second canned stream, scream as the train runs over her. Um, I guess hearkening back to Castle's wife getting run over by the truck. I was kind of like... It was so much. I was like, threw her over, and I was like, all right, great. And then it shows the train. I was like, oh, yeah, come on. Like, really one of those things where, like, okay, whatever. It gets run over by the 35 shots of run train. Did he know the train was, was going to be Yeah, and- right. <laughs> Did he know the train was going to be there? That's the thing is, I like, assume. I want to know where Castle like, was at he's like, times. He's like, guys, you got to go a little bit faster. The 310's on its way. We don't. Yeah. Oh, good. I want to be there at 308. Otherwise, yeah. I don't have enough time for my speech. I also have to wonder if, like, the Punisher thought about that, too, because he's he's also just, like, he's hanging outside Quentin's house, and he sees when Howard kills like Quentin. And then he just drives off, and he's like, everything's going according to plan. Looks like they'll make the 815 if they're going fast enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> John, so, I want to say, I can tell that you've seen this movie 15 plus times. Your recitation of that last scene, every little it's, thing that so, happened, every line. Yeah, that's the thing is, I've seen this movie, okay, and this is, I want to 
take a moment to plug a good movie real quick. If you still haven't seen pig, I saw pig once and I recited it from memory and I wrote it from memory. I saw this movie like 30 times and it took 30, <laughs> 30 times. It, it's, it's, it's going up. It's probably 30. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, 15 in the theater. And then when it came out on DVD, who knows how many times I reran that. <laughs> can't run a ragged because uh, it's not VHS. Um, different times. And yeah, this is one of those things where even going into it now, like I could look away and I would know exactly in my head what the shot was and what was going on. So um, it's clearly been burned into my brain because I've seen it so many times. Uh, so I'm sure I'll admit it uh, along with owning the Blu-ray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so after that, now it's time for the final sequence where um, Frank Castle's like, I'm going to storm. Uh, I'm going to st- Castle's going to storm the castle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he shows up to Howard Saint's building He's wearing um, well, on top nothing but a bulletproof vest, and the, the vest is, has the Punisher skull painted on it. And I was like, I want to see the scene where he's sitting at home painting the skull he has onto the, the bulletproof vest. He has the shirt up on one side, and then he has yeah. the vest, and he's like looking back and I forth. Get this perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. Now, in the comics, typically, like that just is the thing. He just puts a skull on there because it's cool. Yeah, and this movie is like, oh no, it's some T-shirt slash mystical. What? It, but it also, never matters. Like it's what his son gave him. Yeah. that's all that really matters is I, that his son gave it to him, and he loved. He didn't like it. He loved. He it. loved it, loved it. Yeah, <laughs> until it got shot up. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, he he goes and does that, uh, and he's like showing. He's gearing up. He's writing his manifesto, like a like a sociopath. Oh, that <laughs> manifesto. Like, he feels. He was like part one. Yeah, and then it has the whole scene. With Quentin and the wife and all that, and it yeah. cuts back. And it's like part two, yeah. and Darla goes, "What was part one?" And I was like, "I don't remember yeah. anymore." Sick, Why sick are we Pock in the middle of this letter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want peace, you must prepare for war. Yeah, which is complete <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not true at all. <laughs> yeah, and so he's talking about how, like, oh, this isn't vengeance. This is natural justice. This is punishment. Um, and he goes and says goodbye to the neighbors sort of in a way. And, yeah. And Joan, Joan, that's the one time where Rebecca Romaine gets this weird choked up voice where she's like, you're going to kill them, aren't you? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> um, uh, and he says like nothing and then just leaves and kind of like goes down with his guns and everything. Then we see him with a crossbow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a regular bow. It's a oh, bow. it's a regular yeah. bow. Yeah. Not a crossbow. Sorry, sorry. It's a, he, we see him with but a bow. But he's a fucking dead shot with Yeah, it. he's a dead shot with that bow. Shoots a dude right through the neck, and that guy's like, with <laughs> 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 the death noises in this are great. Uh, Is that he, the spot to shoot somebody with a bow? It feels like it wouldn't necessarily kill you. It would just uh, make you get it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it doesn't seem like a great It might make some loud gurgling noises. Yeah. 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 Gurgle out. Your position. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kills a few other but guys. But it looks good when you <laughs> yeah, camera, yeah. I guess. It's one of those joke bows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the joke arrow. Uh, it I, needed, f- I okay. needed a death promise. I got another guy walks up and goes, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody killed him. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody <laughs> shot him through the neck. I think it would have been really funny if in this scene, okay, the movie's already off the rails and stupid. It would have been funny if one of them's like, hey, Lou, check out the novelty arrow I got. It goes around your <laughs> neck like this. Uh, <laughs> and then so fucking just get shot in the neck. For real, um, yeah, this is about the level. Just why to not? Go to. Yeah, yeah, put these stupid bits in. Uh, so then he breaks into Howard Saint's shitty nightclub. It's not even a night. It's like a Bank of America. It's like a bar that's underneath the house. Like I couldn't understand that. It honestly yeah. feels like the a hotel lobby. 
um, yeah. with yeah. like just a, it's got a weird rotating disc. I on rotating the <laughs> Why does that I break noticed, you? I noticed that too. Uh, I was like, what the hell is that thing back there? And uh, the goons are all celebrating much like in death promise, the death of, <laughs> of the Punisher, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, they're all popping champagne. Howard's lighting up a cigar. What's they're, What's the point where his son walks in? Is this then oh, or earlier? This is around then when his, Oh wait, which, which point are you talking about when his, his second son comes in and is like, where's mom? Oh, that's earlier. Oh, when, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's early. He's he's, he's like, like she yeah, she's gone. The train. Yeah, she, <laughs> took the train. <laughs> she took the train, but also his son. This is the way you deliver news that you even before that. There's that mom. one scene where his son is like, he's like, "Hey, where's your mother?" And his son's like, "Dad, it's Thursday." And then a woman just comes out of nowhere and puts herself yeah. on his son <laughs> in like a bikini, and I was like, "Okay." Um, they established something for the son just to get girls in bikinis yeah. in this movie. <laughs> Ryan, your, your rule for bad movies that they have unnecessary boobs. The unnecessary yeah. boob in this movie is that kid. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, he is the son. unnecessary boob. <laughs> um, yeah, so then we get, yeah, the, this is my favorite reaction to any murder in this, um, is the goon that's popping the champagne. He slams the dumbwaiter and he's like, hey, Venny, we need more champagne. Um I guess if he knows him by name, he'd know his fucking voice. That's what I thought. It's like Vinny's got a ca- cold yeah. or something. Yeah, Frank Tom Castle's Jane doing that Kurt Russell impression. <laughs> Coming right, right up. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking just puts a, uh, we see the goon pops the champagne. He's like, I'm, oh, it's oh, all over the place. And then he the pulls. The fact that the Punisher's <laughs> yeah. down there like putting in some ice, <laughs> putting a bomb like, on there. Hey, Vinny, a we little need some bit more ice. Coming right up. Yeah, making sure to put it at a lean. You got to put that champagne bottle uh, at a good lean. We never see any of the preparation. There. Yeah. None of it at all. I want to see the painting the bulletproof vest. I want to see preparing the, the yeah. champagne bucket. Yeah. We do get some a lot of things. like him putting bombs on car, like yeah. 30 cars. <laughs> mm. yeah. I want to see, um, yeah, I want to see him going to a novelty shop to buy the fake fire hydrant. Oh, yeah, so, right. Uh, I assume he just stole a fire hydrant. <laughs> it's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> just <act>. <laughs> <laughs> knows Which the, I really want to see that. But. <laughs> the fire hydrants in Tampa don't work anyway. Everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, the city quit paying for um, that. <laughs> So, yeah, we get this goon. He pops the champagne. He's like, well, hey, everybody got a live one here. And then he pulls it, and the mine goes deep. And he goes, oh! just <laughs> <laughs> like, huge explosion. Uh, to which, like, Howard Saint's, like, running. The Punisher's like, all right, I'm just going to come in and kill everybody that killed my family. We see all of the familiar faces of the people that killed his family. That's why they had distinct faces. So we know who they are vaguely while he yeah, kills enough. them. He stabs. There were, like, 12 or 15 guys in there, and they're yeah. all shooting at him, and they all aim directly at the center mm-hmm. of his bulletproof vest which again he's not wearing anything over the vest you know he's wearing a bulletproof vest nobody aims for his head nobody aims for his legs his arms just right in the center of his chest i think what it was will not go down at their combat training their uh their like mob trainer was like you always aim for the skull you always aim for the skull you shoot the skull (laughs) no matter what (laughs) well i I put down here i was was like yeah they they shoot like shotguns from like a foot or two away Right into that chest of that body armor, which takes uh, multiple shots. And then I was like, I need to go back and watch Second Chance versus Magnum Force to oh, remember yeah. if that's like, are you good with a shotgun from like a foot away? That guy <laughs> definitely took a lot. This is this uh, training video that the guy made for body armor oh, where he just shoots it's himself. Video. It's a real video. And he constantly shoots himself Jesus, like in the body <laughs> armor to prove that it's valid. But he does that and like shoots all kinds of stuff to prove how good it is. Yeah. But, um, so we get this whole shootout scene where it's just bombastic and people keep shooting him in the chest, in the, the mid area where the, usually where the bulletproof area is, is centralized. Uh, and they're all wondering why he's not dying as he picks them off one by one. 
Um, which again, you don't see any one of these goons. I wish one of them would be like, Hey man, I didn't kill your family. I'm fucking out. Like, is it okay right. if I just help you? Uh, kind of thing. I don't even know I what's going on here. Yeah. Well, Travolta offered them all. Uh, he's like, you get 50,000 oh, yeah. until he's dead. You're, like, you're in it till the end. And the one who kills him gets an extra 50. That's right. Uh, that's why they're lighting up and celebrating. And <laughs> they're getting drunk they're, on the job yeah. before they even do shit. Um, so yeah, Castle kills all those people. They're Howard goons. Saint, yeah, they're goons. Howard Saint they're runs. They're fucking storm troopers. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. Howard Saint runs away. Uh, and um, that leaves... Frank Castle and Johnny, uh, the son who is trapped under a bookshelf. Um, <laughs> and Johnny's like, uh, 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 like making weird <laughs> grunt noise. I don't know what it is with people when they're dying in this movie, but they make the weirdest noises that don't seem like, no, like dying noises. it's what people think people would sound like doing these things. <laughs> And uh, John's heard a lot of people die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it the, uh, is the actor or the director that's like, no, 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 no. The director's yeah, like, yeah, no. he's like, no, 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 that doesn't sound that. No, you gotta go like this. I bet the director, I bet the director was like, <laughs> like uh, yeah, Olivia, Olivia Saint, let's put in like a canned scream. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a real scream when she did it. Yeah, your scream wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. Um, give us a, ah, <laughs> we, we should say briefly before the, the bookshelf sequence, there is, there's that blonde goon yes, that he's fighting him with a knife and, uh, Tom Jane steals the knife and stabs the guy up, up through the, the bottom of his yeah. jaw and his mouth is wide open and you yeah. see the knife go through his mouth and into the roof of his mouth. And the yeah. knife is not that long. It couldn't be more than like half an inch into yeah. the roof of his mouth, but he just dies yeah. <laughs> and he dies like dramatically with like eyes wide open, like rolling around. Around yeah, as he's right falling before, to the yeah, floor. and he makes this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a yawn mixed with a death cry. Yeah, again, um, we're back to the like canon film and yeah. comedy violence. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Castle walks into, <laughs> steps into the son's office, and yeah. <laughs> he sees him struggling there, and he's like. You work out? <laughs> you ever try isometrics? <laughs> and then he puts uh, like a tripwire mine in his hand. And he's like, try holding this eight pound tripwire bomb with your arm outstretched. Hell of a workout. And then he just walks away. And Johnny's like, you can't leave me here. Like Johnny forgot that he shot the, the shit out of his whole family. Else. And he shot the yeah. shit out of his Yeah, it's all of these can't things. Can't leave of me like, for dead. Yeah, come on. And then um, Johnny, to his credit, holds that for a really long time because Perfectly we get to the coming. ground floor where John Travolta is hobbling away and here comes Frank Castle and he's like Howard Saint and then he has to yell his name to get his attention to which Howard Saint turns around and he's like you killed my whole family Howard Saint's like you killed my son and then you hear 20 floors up <laughs> no boom <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, he like Tom Jane looks back and he's like both of them. <laughs> like, it's the stupidest uh, line. Tom James' line delivery is so bad. Yeah. I, it's all, I think it's all direction, but I also, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm partial to Tom Jane for some reason. I like that guy. I don't know why. I really like Tom Jane. I just want my kids back. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So then they have their spaghetti Western showdown. Uh, Literally, they put their hands on holsters and they're kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. And they have the little like wind breeze between them. And then he shoots. Uh, they both shoot. And uh, the Punisher kills um, Howard Saint. Howard Saint falls to the ground. He doesn't kill him. He just. Whatever. He wounds him mortally. He wounds him. And uh, he's like, made you kill your wife. Made you kill your best friend. He's throwing like the evidence at him. And the whole time, John Travolta's like, oh, God, <laughs> no. And then he's like, no, I've killed you. And he grabs his ankle, drags him to a car, 
pulls the the headlight cables out. Yeah. Like wraps Ties them around. The, yeah. Puts the car in Again neutral. Again with the convoluted plans. And like a stick on the gas gently or something. Yeah. Just shoot him. And like <laughs> just yeah. shoot him. And then the car rolls downhill hill into a dealership nearby. It says Saint Dealership. So I'm yeah. like, oh, oh he, he owns, owns car yeah. dealerships. I was like, that's go. interesting. <laughs> There's the world building for you. <laughs> Travolta's being dragged by by the car, and you just and hear like, him go, oh, yeah. oh no. Uh. Yeah. I'm gonna put, I'm it's gonna maybe put the audio two miles in. an hour that he's yeah. being dragged. The, I want to put the audio in right here yes. because it's just great. It sounds like this. And uh, it's just delightful <laughs> to hear him do that wailing. Um, you can tell that he's been swapped out with a stunt right. double because the stunt double is covered in flame retardant like liquid. It's just some gel that keeps him from lighting on fire. The car <laughs> blows up as the Punisher triggers a bomb. And then all of these other cars start blowing up around. It's this big fucking scene and the whole lot is going up in flames. And the not whole the time. Whole lot. Sorry, not <laughs> yeah, the whole lot. The whole I, lot. I should say <laughs> most of the lot is going up in flames. And the whole time Howard Saint's like, ah, 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 <laughs> and then we pull out um, because the music is also crescendoing to like, a, this is a hero that's fucking doing this to somebody. This is what a superhero would do. <laughs> right. um, and then we get a flyover shot revealing the dealership is a fucking rad ass skull that is just blazing out of all of these cars. And I have to wonder how long the Punisher sat with aerial footage of the St. Lot and plotted here are the cars I need and Mm -hmm. here's how much I need these ones to burn to round out the skull. What if there wasn't a car parked in one of the spots that he needed to burn? Oh yeah, how do you fix that? Yeah, and then he's like, shit, now I have to go get a car. Yeah, (laughs) we we saw him putting all the bombs on there. We missed it where he was like carefully aligning each car. Yeah. (laughs) What if one of them drives away while he's in the, you know, doing his shit? Yeah, what would have been way, okay, this is just like, if this movie had gone really bombastic with his revenge plot, what would have been cool is he goes all the way out to where his family was murdered he grabs the boat that i assume is still there he puts howard saint in it and gives him a viking funeral alive (laughs) out to sea um but yeah so then again though establishing like who the punisher is like he's he sometimes just kills people and sometimes goes these elaborate elaborate plots and then he like no one's gonna see that skull. Yep. So is he doing it for himself? He thinks that's cool. Like I don't understand. Yeah, the this matters. Yeah. yeah, it just yeah. it really doesn't fucking make any sense. And he does all these dramatic turns. Yeah, like Dixon saying, like Tom Jane has all these moments in the movie where he's quiet and he has to look over his shoulder and do a turnaround. Uh and it's literally just for the audience. A lot of this right. is just for uh-huh. the audience. And it's handled in such a stupid way. Um but then we get the epilogue sequence where he's like, uh, whenever Dave gets out of the hospital talking to Joan, cause Dave, I guess is hospitalized for the night. Um, maybe. Yeah, I guess and he's got like two bandages. Two bandages. <laughs> yes. He's got two whole bandages on him <laughs> and he mean. had to be hospitalized overnight. Uh, and, um, he's like, yeah, whenever Dave gets out, Joan, let him know that there's something in the cupboard for all of you. And Joan's like, where are you going? And he's like, I got to move on. And then, my my job is taking me elsewhere. I have and work to yeah, he's do. Like, I have work yeah, to do. And yeah. she's like, he's like, read your newspaper. You'll know. And she's like, which part? And he's like, 
obituaries. Yeah. <laughs> it's the dumbest. The dialogue to be like someone tells you read the paper, you're like, what what section? Yeah. The what do you sports get? section. I'm trying <laughs> yeah. out for the Yankees. <laughs> the arts. I've got an audition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Death of a salesman's going on. And I gotta fix Willie Loman. <laughs> I'm writing a screenplay about what just happened here. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> just trying to make it in LA. <laughs> I'm uh, running for president. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so then the next thing we see is there's a, a fade out, and they all like his group comes back to the hotel that, or the the apartment. The apartment they yeah. find the money, and they're all like, "Wow, he's a great guy." And then, and then we like fade out to him on a bridge. We get aerial footage of a bridge, and he's talking about how like whoever does injustice to other people, like he's giving like a Batman. Yeah, speech. he's doing his little Batman over the like side of Batman the building speech. speech as he stands on a bridge that's been closed down for traffic. Right, yeah, <laughs> just in his his like car. Uh, with his trench coat blowing in the wind. And he's like, they'll come to know me as yeah. the Punisher. And yeah. then it cuts into hard rock from yeah. like the early 2000s. And uh, that's about the time that I assume everybody in the theater applauded. Um, except stood for up like, and yeah, they were like, wow, that was really great. I got to go buy a that's bumper sticker. the time sticker. in the theater when you applauded, yeah. John? No, that was the time in the <laughs> Every theater. Every single dollar theater showing, John. Yeah. Every yeah. time. Like, it's just times. as good every time. John springs out of his seat just... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The lights go up and I'm like, no, run it again. <laughs> I rented yeah. out this theater. <laughs> this is my birthday. It's, it's like it, it's him in like a sixth grade class that's on a yeah, day yeah. trip to just get out of the school. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. And that's the end of the fucking movie. And it just does a massive disservice. It, it, it epitome. It's an epitome of what the Punisher has become in a mainstream context. Yeah. It is very much the misinterpretation of what this character is supposed to be used to tell, like the stories it's supposed to be used to tell. And there's a lot more of like the, this is just badass action. This is a dude saying cool shit, turning and looking at the camera all cool and doing whatever the fuck. Um, We've already addressed like a lot of how it could have been improved, things that could have been helpful to it. Uh, I'm sorry that I put y'all through it, but it's just a movie that nobody else really wants to fucking talk to me about. (laughs) (laughs) I just have wanted to talk about how it could be Uh, fixed because yeah, you can imagine me uh, at like a coffee shop with somebody like, let me tell you about the Punisher. Let's "Let's not. (laughs) How can it be fixed? Uh, Completely scrap the entire script. Hire a a decent screenwriter. Fire Tom Jane. Bring in like Jason Statham or somebody like that. Yeah, I can uh, see that. You you have to change everyone who's involved with this in order to salvage it. The Punisher TV show that's on Netflix does a good job. And it doesn't play him as like, oh, he's a great guy. It actually does play him as kind of going back and forth between going too far and like that being plays, a little hyper violent. Yeah, and that plays a lot more with his humanity on a, like an actual, like it's a substantial level of him. He is maintaining this really warped ideology, but there are so many people that try to pull him in a certain direction Yep, and it feels much more organic and like an actual dynamic he would have with other characters yep. where he just can't be brought to it. Yeah. Like it's and it's a much better actor that yes. comes off as a much better. And they do the origin the way that it is in the comics, which is just, it's completely accidental. Like either in, usually it's either like in a crossfire of some other gang shootout or they're there to kill somebody and accidentally kill his family or whatever, which is more like how it sparks it off than this sort of like, it's I don't understand like, like yeah. why John Travolta thinks it's his fault. <laughs> He his just own son kill pulled the gun out. The like, guy who started the deal at the 
first place, even though, yeah, so John Travolta has inconsistencies about that. And yeah, just, just to hit one more time on it, he shoots the guy that was supposed to be watching his son. He doesn't shoot the guy who got his son into the, the deal. the deal the whole time. Uh-huh. He wants to shoot the guy who convinced the guy that took his son to the deal that it was to a do deal, the deal. To turn the de- yeah, to turn him over to the cops. Yeah, I don't, yeah. It doesn't, he doesn't go after the Russians that were making the deal too, because I guess they're all dead because the cops killed them all. Sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, this movie has no fucking consistency in what it tries to tell and how it tries to tell it. Um, <clears throat> Jonathan Hensley's debut is uh, unfortunately, um, it's not good at all <laughs> for him, yeah. but unlike Robert Warmflash, he did go on to direct other things. I don't know <laughs> if they're good, but he still went on to do something <laughs> and um, he's still out there writing. And Tom Jane did reprise his role as the Punisher for a 10 for a minute things. online like teaser. They did he a couple video back. game voices. He did it, the that Punisher too. and Robot Chicken. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, things like that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, anyways, it's, it's just a dumb movie. It's just a dumb movie that I love for some reason, and I'll never know why. I'll never fully understand <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I was trying to think of like any kind of movie I could pair it with that was equally as stupid. And I just kept thinking about death promise the whole time I watched it. It's just, I don't, it's not I, on the I same would level. say to like, like watch a, like a cheesy Jason Statham or John Claude Van Damme oh, movie yeah. or something like a Schwarzenegger or something like that, that like, you know, it it's try, actually this off. is trying to be those kind of movies that are kind of fun, stupid, bad action movies well, that you can get into and have a good time with. And it just this just falls completely flat because it can't execute the, on uh, anything. And the lead character yeah, no. is so dumb and boring. And yeah, What's yeah. the Jason Statham movie where he has to keep electrocuting himself to stay cranked. alive? Yeah, crank. Crank. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking cranked. love the Crank movies. Crank yeah. 1 and Crank 2 are hilarious. Right, similar concept. Like he's yep. going after him or whatever. He should be dead. And he keeps going and it's just yeah. played, it's played for ridiculous yep. violence, ridiculous uh-huh. action. And the whole time you're just like, okay, all right. Those all right. Movies Every know step of the way. Exactly what they, know are. they are. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's, if you want to go towards that direction of that, I think the other way, if you go towards a character piece, kind of, there are other superhero things that do this and do better character pieces. Like he just doesn't understand how to do it. Yeah. This came out in that time again when Marvel was like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing with a lot of our properties. Yeah, well, they had just, a lot of stuff. I think this is yeah. what Sony. I don't, this, this is, is one of those properties that they sold that they didn't get back. Lionsgate. Yeah. yeah Lionsgate. They didn't get back for a while until people were just like tired of making Punisher movies and they got the rights back. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen uh, JCVD in this. <laughs> That's the Punisher. It would have been kind of funny. Yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> he would have insisted on kicking everybody. Yeah, right. It's everything. all got to be kicks. Doing splits and shit. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, I again, um, thanks for going through this. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, it's also I can put John Travolta going, ah, as audio in this, yeah. this podcast. Is John, this, this is... have you spoken to a professional about this movie? Like, yeah, have you talked I, to I, a therapist? Picture me in like the fainting couch of a therapist uh-huh, room. Like, yeah. I just don't know where my love of Thomas Jane started. Mm. I guess if you had to pinpoint it, it would be in the summer of 2004. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh and no! Actually, the the pairing is season two, episode two of Arrested Development. Oh, there you that's go. The yeah, that's that's good. Take enough. it to yeah. the extreme with Thomas. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And uh, so for me, I will refute this. I don't want no to oh, John. Own it. What, You're recommending yeah, this. How, you love this movie. You've seen it thirty times. Don't you need to actually own that you like this movie? No, I'm. Not, <laughs> I will say refutation doesn't mean that I don't love this movie. Refutation again. 
it's my civic duty <laughs> to the to the population <laughs> to drag that, like, us along. People with you. sound yeah. People people out there listening <laughs> to this like John recommended it. It must be good. And it's like no. That's not like, okay, John loves it. It must be good. No, it uh, no, none of that. John yeah. owns it on Blu-ray. Must be bad. You didn't tell him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you didn't tell him last week. So some people got dragged through this. Yeah, I apologize <laughs> to the people that uh, got dragged through this now and are listening to it. Like, well, duh, <laughs> refute it. Um, yeah, I wholeheartedly stand by that I love this movie. I will watch this movie anytime. Um, I don't. It's another movie that like I don't necessarily want to subject other people to, although it could be pretty fun to mock. I think this is more fun than Death Promise in like a dumb way. There are moments where you're like, the fucking stupid thing that this was said or John Travolta's performance just like fucking licking the scenery everywhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> it um, yeah, it just has that kind of like derivative vibe, but it is very much like if you're in, if you're doing like a marathon night where you're watching like Stallone and Schwarzenegger and all those others, you could start with this and it would make them all great. Like it would make them so much better because you watch it pull off what like these other things. I feel like but there's even better like, things that do exactly that. That's true too. Yeah, that's true too. Um, but yeah, so uh, man, what, what do you want me to say? I, I refute it for the populace. I recommend okay. it for those that are into schlock. I absolutely enjoyed it. Um, Ryan. Yeah, no. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't, yeah, I don't even know that I would say like that this is, something to watch to lampoon like superhero movies, whatever it does have its moments. Like definitely like laughed at some stupid stuff. I feel like they did that in death promise too. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is better put together than death promise, but it's got a lot more Hollywood and budget behind it. So it's, it's better. Kevin, be. Fe- Kevin Feige was behind this. I mean, he's executive producer, <laughs> yeah. <of> Stan Lee. <laughs> um, but like, this is the same timeline. Like Hulk came out this year too, the 2003 Hulk, Angry's right? Hulk. Angley's Hulk not really worth watching either. The film actually um, burnt in the middle of me watching Angley's Hulk and I never, <laughs> and you went just went on, you went on with your life. Yeah. yeah I went don't. to the dollar theater to watch the Punisher instead. instead yeah. <laughs> that, that's probably, that's fine. That's fair. Um, also like daredevil around this time, Oof. also a hard pass. Yeah. You're about to get to Catwoman, which is at least is ridiculous level to watch. Right. Yeah. So I would yeah. say like, all right, you want to lampoon <clears throat> You're ramping something from this time period. I'm like, watch, Catwoman kind of skipped the rest of everything that's here. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Like it never really picks a direction that's good enough to, to kind of go with, with where it ought to go. It really doesn't. I, I just like it for the brain fog that it is. I don't know. Yeah. Darla watched it with me. She had initially said she had some work to do and she's like, well, turn it on and I'll either decide to pay attention to it or not. She kind of didn't get her work done. So I guess it's enough. She was like, yeah, it had action. Like, it was enough where you kind of keep paying attention to it in spite of itself. So yeah. if you accidentally turn it on, you might watch all of it. There are enough big <laughs> explosions where actually, surely, yeah, surely you'll, there's yeah, you'll kind of keep going yeah. and be like, well, this must be going somewhere. She did say afterwards, she said that it's hard to see this movie with fresh eyes after you've seen like a good Punisher thing or a good yes. superhero movie. Yes. Like at the time, maybe, yeah, if you were John, this yeah. was like, oh, wow. And I could see where like, I was the same way about the first X-Men movie, yeah. which I know people still like X-Men and X-Men 2. I didn't like X-Men 2. And I liked X-Men at the time, but I can look back and be like, it's not good. That's yeah, it's that, not good. That's why. Yeah. That's why I said, again, when I watch this now, the only reason I really love this movie now is because it is a fun movie for me to think about how fucking stupid I was when I watched <laughs> it initially, because it's so poorly put together that I can see all of the, like, I knew where my brain was at then. And now it's just hilarious how like I thought it was all gritty and serious and it's not. It's like goofy gritty yeah, it's, in I the don't dumbest even, yeah, way. It's around, yeah. Totally disconnected. It from didn't everything. go gritty enough. Um, and then she said, like, yeah, you just can't take Travolta serious in this role. But which is which is 
Swordfish came out in 2001, and somebody in the casting was like, oh, we got Travolta, and, and no one was like, hey, let's go back and watch him be a villain in, in the like last thing that he did as a villain and go, oh, no, this is not going to work out. Like, it's obvious that he can't do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that also takes away from it. Yeah. So, yeah, no, this is a pretty hard refute. Yeah. Dixon, go ahead. No, don't watch this movie. <laughs> do literally anything else. Exactly. Done. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and with that, we will take a break, everybody. We need one. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong, Doug? You're looking down today. I'm feeling down, Mike. It's just my family. They, they were all killed by hired goons at our most recent beach vacation. Oh, no. All of them? Uh-huh. They gunned them all down. They got Dad, Mom, Cousin Merle, Uncle Bill, Aunt Linda, Grandma Kiki, Nephew Lou, Second Cousin Earl, Great Grandpa Joe, third cousin twice removed george my wife susan my kids and all the others even the cabana boy oh i'm sorry to hear that bud it's always tough when hired goons show up and murder your kin but i've got good news for you what is it there's a group of people out there ready to help lend a hand and give you the support you need really what's the group it's called the national revenge association and they want you to know that your family's slaughter doesn't have to be in vain the National Revenge Association. That's right, Doug. The NRA cares deeply about what you're going through. That's why they built a strong network across the nation to make sure no one has to endure the unbearable agony of losing their loved ones without some kind of retribution. Gee, that sounds nice. What can they do to help, though? The goons already burned down all the bodies to ash, and the only thing I have to my name is a significant amount of life savings and a crippling amount of sorrow and burning rage. Ah, but that's much more than you think it is, Doug. You see, the NRA can supply you with plenty of resources to prep for the road ahead and prevent going down the road behind. With that money and those raw emotions, we can match you with a natural justice expert that'll make sure you get the closure you need, and then some. So these natural justice experts are like some kind of grief counselor that can help me get my life back on track? We like to think of them more as personal trainers. A natural justice expert isn't responsible for getting your life back on track, Doug. You are. A natural justice expert is responsible for helping you track down the goons that sandblasted your family into beach pebbles and going outside the legal parameters to serve them a cold dish of Doug Justice. Doug Justice? I like the sound of that. Well, then you're in luck. A natural justice expert can also help you obtain that as an alias along with an arsenal of weapons and a fortified base of operations that will strike fear to the hearts of your enemies and anyone else you deem a threat. This all sounds too good to be true. I must be dreaming. (laughs) You're not, Doug. Otherwise, your family wouldn't have won the award for World's Saddest Ash Castle on that beach. How do I join? (laughs) It's easy. Just fill out our application with your current name, address, the type of tragedy that made you want to embrace a vigilante lifestyle, and the new alias you want to use. Then mail it and a check made out to cash to our headquarters in Fairfax, Virginia. In three to five business days, we'll send you a membership card, a box of guns, a set of pamphlets on how to keep your emotional distance from anything that might impact your bloodlust, and a cask of wild turkey to drown out the nightmares. Wow, that sounds so easy. It is easy. As easy as shooting fish in a barrel. Or hire goons. (laughs) Ah, that's the spirit. This message brought to you by the NRA, bestowing an undue destructive sense of authority and empowerment to Americans everywhere since 1872. When you're at your lowest low, the NRA wants you to remember, there's no higher place to be than above the law. Extra legal status may be affected by race and or class, while Turkey may not reduce feelings of existential depression. 
we can safely put to rest the fact that Dixon just doesn't like comic book movies. Yeah, no. never will, and it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you a break for a bit. Yeah. We'll wait until phase five before we're like, wow, it was really good. It brings everything back. <laughs> it's all great. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to Recommend or Refute. You know the rules. We go around the table. We talk about something that we have watched, and we recommend it or we refute it um, in order to give you precious time with film or save you from a waste of time with film. Uh, I was the picker, um, so I guess I'll be the person who kicks this off. Uh before I watched The Punisher, I watched The Empty Man, which has a really dumb name for a movie. Um, and I uh, just going into it, the trailer even looks kind of like a Candyman situation. But I was pleasantly surprised by this horror film. Like it, it uh, kind of came out of nowhere for me. Um, it came out in 2020 and it focuses on um, a retired detective uh, from the police force who um, one of his friends is like family friends. Her daughter goes missing and he has to start looking for her. And the entire time he's looking for, her, he's hearing about this empty man who supposedly, if you go to a bridge and you blow a bottle three times for whatever reason, the empty man comes for you. It's like you hear him on the first day. Um, you see him on the second day. And then on the third day, he kills you uh, effectively. And the premise alone sounds like some Bloody Mary shit, sounds like some Candyman shit, obviously. Um, sounds like it would be kind of boring or like it would succumb to uh, a lot of the tropes of horror films. And there are some jump scares in it, but there is some genuinely unsettling imagery in it. And there are things that just, I didn't, uh, Sasha was watching this with me because she wanted to watch something scary. In the first 10 to 15 minutes, she was the person talking in the theater, the theater being my, my <laughs> living room. Um, don't come with knives and pitchforks and whatever else to get her. She doesn't talk in a theater when she actually goes. Uh, <laughs> but we were sitting there and she's like, who is this guy? Like, what about this woman? Oh, yeah, sure. Like, whatever. And she was being very, like, flippant about the whole movie. She thought it was going to be dumb because she watched the trailer and she thought, yeah. this is stupid. 15 minutes in, she stopped talking. And 30 minutes in, she was like, oh, my God. And 45 minutes in, she's like, I can't look at certain parts. And she didn't want to see the tension that mm. happened. And there were other things. And it has, like, recognizable actors. Can't remember their names right now. But uh, the guy from Office Space who plays Milton is in it at one point. He shows up, and he's playing a very charismatic, like, kind of figurehead for an organization. And he plays it so well. Like, a lot of the performances. Stephen Root. Yeah. Stephen Root, yeah. He, he, the performances. I felt were really well done. There are some parts of it where you're like, okay, um, I'll give you a pass because I'm having such a good time with the rest of it. And has, it explores kind of the themes of um, uh, suicide and feelings of loneliness um, while also maintaining uh, a good pace and kind of a thriller aspect to it uh, in the mix with this, what I would call more contemporary, like, the bye-bye man bullshit kind of premise is what it sounds like. Right. Um, so I, I, I don't want to spoil any of what happens in it because I thoroughly enjoyed the, the experience. I enjoyed the plot twist and the way that the characters collided. Um, and also just some of the creepy shit. It's way better to see it fresh than it is to, to have it um, kind of spoiled for you. And then you go in and be like, okay, yeah, I know John thinks this is good. But <laughs> that doesn't fucking give you a good experience at all. Does it kind of um, lean like in, towards the shellacky level just not completely or is it trying no, to be more it's it's trying to be serious okay. there's very much like it, it wants to explore um 
aspects of grief and death with philosophy. I was reminded of a movie that uh, Dixon, you actually had me watch. Um, you, you suggested I watch and I did part of another movie club at one point uh, called the dark and the wicked. And that mm-hmm. seemed to Great explore um, grief and death from a, a religious and also a bartering sense, like the, the supernatural and the unknown and trying to barter with the world mm-hmm. um, and the kind of unflinching cosmos. And this it's much more of a uh, cautionary tale about nihilism and how far nihilism can take you um, and the dark corners that it can take your mind and it can take people and how it can just like strip your life of meaning to the point where you don't want to live. Um, that, that's kind of more of the heady thing that I took away from it. It has a lot of ambiguity that I honestly would love to discuss at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, it shocked me, surprised me. Uh, and immediately after that, I went and watched 2004's The Punisher <laughs> and knew whatever was going to happen. So I back to reality. even further yeah, into exactly, nihilism. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's an interesting um, comparison because The Dark and the Wicked is another under-the-radar 2020 horror movie with a just idiotic name that's just really, really dumb. And that was one that a friend recommended to me. And I was like, what? It's called The Dark and the Wicked. I'm not watching this. That sounds stupid <laughs> yeah. as shit. And then I watched it, and it was actually really, really well done. Um, so, yeah, that, that's 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 an interesting comparison because The Empty Man does sound really, really fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they, they, they both have – I feel like The Dark and the Wicked had some issues with its ending. There were some, like, parts of it I definitely didn't like. And The Empty Man has a little bit of that too. I'm not saying it's, like, a stellar, like, a perfect film. But I thoroughly enjoyed what it was doing and having – seen a lot of the saturated offerings in the horror genre right now it was a breath of fresh air like the dark and the wicked kind of felt the same way to me where it was like oh it genuinely made me feel unsettled Mm -hmm. as jump scares obviously but it's when there aren't jump scares that you're like oh that's fucked up like that shit gets to you um so yeah Hmm. recommend okay how is James Badgedale in in the lead I feel like he's kind of hit and miss in things um I saw him in a movie couple years ago that I really liked called Mickey and the bear where he plays like an alcoholic veteran who has to be taken care of by his like high school senior daughter in a small town played by Camilla Marone. It was really good. Like this really kind of, you know, heartfelt indie drama about these characters that seem really rich characters that seem really real. And I thought badge Dale was really good in that, but that's by far the best work that I've seen him do. I feel like in a lot of movies, he just kind of, fades into the background isn't very interesting yeah as a leading man in this kind of thriller suspense detective thing he kind of just does what he needs to do there are reactions that both because of his delivery and the way that he acted it and also the line itself like it doesn't seem like it should it's one of those things where when we're talking about pig nicholas cage had certain lines that you're like that shouldn't work if you say it actually uh-huh. in another right. context. like because i love her yeah, yeah. And, and in this context there are some times when he says something and it's it's just above the bar of like wow, that felt real um, to, to like in that situation, if anybody else had said it, or if there was another actor, it might've come off as like stupid or cheesy, but he kind of sells it in a good way. And the rest of the time, the plot kind of picks up, like does the heavy lifting for him and the other characters around him do heavy lifting for, for kind of like his performance. And so uh, it didn't distract me at all. Um, and I didn't find it to be terrible or like, man, he's just cardboard or anything like that. He was, I felt he was doing a good job. So cool. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, what do you got? Cool. Uh, I have a hard time with like refute or refuse sometimes when something's like right on that line. Um, but it's not a refute because it's not like it's terrible, but I watched wor- words bubble up like soda pop, which is a new anime that's on Netflix. Got got translated, um, and 
released by Netflix here in the States, um, directed and written by Kyohei Ishiguro, who did uh, directed Your Lie in April. He's worked on like storyboards and other stuff, but he Your Lie in April TV show was his first like directorial debut, uh, and now this is his first full movie. It is um, it's just like a summer tale. It's absolutely one of those like couple meets kind of at the beginning of summer. How's the relationship going to go? Sort of the inevitable end of summer is coming up. Uh, there's the male character. He likes to write haikus, which is kind of where the, you know, the title a bit, you know, is kind of like a haiku part one of the haikus he writes. And he wears headphones all the time, not even listening to music because he just doesn't want to interact with the world around him. Kind of uses the excuse to, to be in his shell. And he bumps into a girl who has a really large online following kind of like broadcasts her whole life, but is embarrassed by her buck teeth that she's had since being a kid that were cute when she was a kid. But now that she's older, she's not so sure. And she also has recently gotten braces and so she wears a mask around all the time to cover that up. Movie was started production in 2019. So her wearing a mask now doesn't seem at all out of the ordinary. Um, (laughs) But I think when they, you know, when they came up with the idea, it was something like you could wear it. And in, in kind of get away with it in Japan now, obviously, you could. Um, and it really is kind of like them starting to come out to their shell, kind of getting to know each other. It kind of centers around this mall that the guy works in a, he's like a retirement place that's in the mall where, like, you can kind of drop off your grandpa during the day and he gets to get out a little bit and get some exercise kind of deal. And um, they're one of the guys that's staying there. He, has a record, an empty record, uh, I guess like a sleeve that you put a record in that he's like lost the record to. And throughout that, they start to connect to that character and want to find this record for him. And so it kind of centers around that where they're trying to find this like lost record um, while still getting to know each other and all those kind of things. It's pretty, you know, right at the level. You generally kind of know where things are going, not really much in the way of surprises. Um, but it is, again, like, a summer movie like it kind of comes and goes and you enjoy it so like i recommend it in like a if you're watching it or looking for something we watch it with our kids it's very appropriate for kids it, it's fun it's enjoyable i would say the animation is actually really pretty good it's very colorful like it's like a color pile that's like kind of unrealistic like over the top saturation um which is cool though it's very vibrant very lively which which plays well again to that sort of like summer feel the haikus probably don't translate well I don't think the title even saying soda pop in the original translation. Uh, that's something that's like, it comes across well enough. Like, you know what the poem is supposed to be. They talk a little bit about haikus are formed where they're more complex than I think the way we learn them, you know, in, in school and in America, this is like, Oh, it's the five, seven, five. There's a lot more subtlety and a lot more that goes into it. They talk a little bit about it and they only sort of explain one haiku that sort of has double meaning um but it's enough to get across like what he's writing and why he's writing them um so like i give it a recommend of like it's interesting it's a decent watch like it's good it's like a c plus it sounds like an interesting kind of i mean for like a younger audience how how old is this intended for actually i I, you you know i don't that's not something that's like always clear in japan like they don't necessarily like age or demo things like Mm. definitely things that you might think in the States like Dragon Ball or whatever, or maybe a little too much for kids, totally aimed at kids. Um, but like this one would definitely be aimed. I think it's supposed to be aimed at like 
teenage, maybe about to go to college or in kind of high school, right? Of this sort of like summer romance um, that you would think it's, you know, cute. Yeah. Because I could see you just talking about it. It sounds like one of those gateway movies where somebody is like, I didn't know that that's what haiku was. And then they kind of get like way more into that as a result of seeing this in some way or, you know, those kinds of, that's kind of the value that's brought. Yeah, it kind of has that like a little bit of, you know, Japanese culture in a way that's sort of like not hidden to an American audience. Like it's it's very much there. Like the haiku is there. There's the summer festival that's coming up. Uh, it's around the summer festivals around Daruma, the little like uh, Buddhist kind of little, yeah. I don't know, statue or whatever you want to call them. Um, doll. I don't know. Well, there's the, they look like the Russian nesting dolls. Yeah, right? they're the little like red and gold. Yeah, kind of red they have, and gold. Like, eyebrows, guys. Yeah, the little big put, eyebrows. Like, a, yeah. You paint an eye in and you paint another eye yep. in. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the, the the stuff is kind of there where you might be like, oh, I want to co- learn about that. Um, it also just sort of is like a fun, vibrant, like stuff is happening. Nothing's necessarily important. The character names are all like a little ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> so that's like another moment. The the main guy is, they call him Cherry because okay. his last name is Sakura. And they do uh, explain that in a way that it makes sense in English. They're like, oh, his name's, you know, Mr. Sakura and that's Cherry Blossom or whatever. So they call him Cherry. And then the girl's called Smile because that's her online persona and then playing off of her wearing the mask. Mm-hmm. But like some of the other characters, Tough Boy is like one of them. It's a Guy, <laughs> it's a guy Ritchie film now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's clear that's not his name, but that's what they call him. And then there's another kid named Beaver. Again, not explain why. Do and they he leave appears, it to him? Yeah, they leave it to him. He, he <laughs> appears to not even be Japanese. He's uh, like immigrated in somehow. From the 1950s he's just a beaver. <laughs> yeah, he's just a beaver from the 1950s. Um, and so yeah, like, you know, the, it's it's that kind of thing, right? Where it's just sort of like it's styled, and there's these characters and these background characters that look eccentric, and you just kind of get to know them a little bit and have fun. Nice, yeah, um, yeah, Dixon. I saw you for a second think about like what the Daruma was. Uh, if you remember, the night is young, walk on girl. It's the, the mm-hmm. egg that they kept planting to move from spot to spot. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah like a good, they're like a bells. good luck symbol, background kind of thing, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, um, nice. So yeah, it's like. It's it was where I like get stuck of like do I am I recommending it because I'm like it's it's decent. <laughs> I'm I mean, not well, saying like, like, that's like, that's like, like a, yeah I guess I am because I'm like re- refute to me is like don't 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 all. turn it on if yeah. somebody turns it on walk away like yeah like, this okay. is like you want to scope it just like we did from the sorcerer what like if you're having like a late you would watch Saturday afternoon yeah yeah and, you know you just want to put something on you don't want it's something light. heavy it's light like a yeah, soda pop there you, go. you know Boom. yeah that's what you want you want that and not whatever the other thing was what was the bubblegum thing that you watched bubblegum milkshake bubblegum milkshake yeah, yeah no gunpowder milkshake gunpowder milkshake we don't so, even remember whatever <laughs> yeah that one doesn't yeah no that one's not yeah i like this is one where it's just like yeah it's fun it's interesting to watch don't go out of your way i, I think that actually like the studio that's doing it is a production ig spinoff um, that they're kind of starting to build up as a director this is kind of his second thing i think he did a decent job so this is maybe one to like keep an eye on because i think they're gonna kind of do some better stuff okay. in that way that i would look back and say like Summer Wars is pretty good and kind of leads to that eventual, like in Mirai maybe is a better example. Mirai is pretty interesting and it leads to this now, uh, Your Name and Weathering oh. With You and yeah, right, yeah. that bell that's coming out soon. So this one may be one where they kind of get to some really good things later. Gotcha. Nice. Cool. Dixon? Yeah, uh, so this is not going to be my recommended refute, but I just wanted to mention briefly that I did watch The Suicide Squad, and it is fucking awful. I don't know what you guys or anyone else, to be honest, 
sees in it. I, I thought it was just a, a slog. Like I was so bored. I've never wanted to pull up my phone in an Alamo draft house so much in my life. <laughs> and I knew, you know, they have trained snipers in Alamo draft house. I didn't want to die. So I didn't pull out my phone. But uh, yeah, I felt like it was just really trying hard to be fun and completely failing at doing so that the only interesting character was Margot Robbie and she's not in the movie nearly enough. Um, I didn't get it at all. Um, so I don't want to talk about it really. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't really uh, want to talk. It's scarred. Uh, I, I will say like when it. Dixon texted us like, what the fuck? That was the worst thing I've fucking seen. I did not sleep that night. I felt bad. I didn't <laughs> sleep. I genuinely was like, oh man, fuck I mean, up the thing. Lots of people, like <laughs> some of my favorite critics have written rave reviews on it. And, uh, you know, lots of people have said it was good. And I, yeah. I, I hated it. I, I just I thought you were going to come out with like, it's it. all right. It's not that great. Yeah, I'm surprised you too. came out with like, this is awful. I, I thought that it would at least have been like a, not bad. I wouldn't see it again, but not bad. Yeah. Honestly, like, I felt like it was so bad because it was trying to do something and, and failing like i just felt like it was hmm. like oh aren't we being fun isn't this fun and and it just wasn't fun and like like black widow is boring and stupid but it's like not really trying to be that good you know it just kind of is what it is and it's trying to just kind of thread the needle of mediocrity and this one was like the that movie, the suicide squad thinks it's a good movie and I, I don't think it comes and anywhere close. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. So. I feel like that's what I thought about Birds of Prey. I thought it oh, was trying, but didn't really nail it. Huh. Uh, see, so I, I need to go back like, and watch that Maybe it's just one. because I, I like Mar Margot Robbie and I like she got a lot more to do character. in yeah. Birds of Prey and for she sure. Was just, she's hardly in the Suicide Squad and, and I thought she was going to be you know kind of the centerpiece of the film and definitely wasn't. Yeah, um, and that, that's maybe also why I didn't like it. Is just uh, now we're talking about this more than yeah, I we said, we got it, <laughs> really we got it, everybody. Uh, <laughs> it, it, there's like, there's not. I don't. I, I thought all the characters just kind of sucked. You know, drink, drink for me, bitching about character development. development. But like, I, I felt like they were all really flat. I didn't think any of them were funny or interesting. Like, there wasn't. None of them were really the lead of the movie, and there's not really anybody you could kind of latch onto and be interested in. Hmm. Interesting. I don't think they're, yeah, I think it's in group, right? I don't think it's supposed to be. It's like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, are you saying, like, well, I don't like those movies? Yeah, you know, are you <laughs> yeah, supposed so to be latching on to Star Lord? I also don't like you... Chris Pratt. So yeah. yeah, yeah, and apparently he doesn't like James Gunn either. Yeah, We're a, finding all these things like, out right now. Yeah, this is clearly no, nope to James Gunn. <laughs> yeah, right, so cool. No James Gunn film recommendations in the future. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, um, any anyway, yeah. I, I, that's enough on the yeah that Suicide doesn't count Squad everybody. Doesn't university. Count everybody yeah, um, but this uh, is like me talking about Black Widow last time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, I think you Except actually I just did. joined in on yeah. your Black um, Widow hate. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I, I watched a movie that I enjoyed this week that I will recommend uh, from 1932 called Merrily We Go to Hell. Um, this is not streaming anywhere, so it's this. Uh, but I. I bought it on a whim at the last uh, Criterion sale. Um, it's from 1932. It's directed by Dorothy Arzner, who was the only studio filmmaker of the early talkie era. Um, literally every other director in the industry was was a man. Pretty much all of the crew on on most films were were male at the time, um, and it was pre code, so it was able to do some some more risque things that you know films of a year or two after that weren't able to do. So I was like, this sounds interesting. I'll, I'll take a, a stab at it. Um, 
stars Frederick March and Sylvia Sidney, who were you know kind of big stars of the 30s and, and the early talkie era. Uh, Frederick March is an alcoholic journalist. Um, there's a lot of drunkenness in the movie, which, um, you know, they definitely couldn't get away with as much in, in the years following uh, after the code. And it's it's set in 1932. This is at the very end of Prohibition when, uh, you know, alcoholism is rampant in the country and, and just, you know, drinking is is a very prevalent in society um, at the time, despite being nom- nominally illegal. Um but he's an alcoholic uh, journalist. Uh, he meets uh, Sylvia Sidney's character at this party. She's a rich socialite who is the daughter of this millionaire, billionaire, something like that. This industry titan who owns like a canned foods company. And um, she's at the party and she's kind of bored. And Frederick March's drunken character is kind of charming. And so they kind of strike up a rapport and quickly fall in love and... Um, get married shortly thereafter, despite Frederick March just being a drunken idiot and like not showing up where he <laughs> says he will, when he says he will, which causes a lot of problems. It makes her dad really hate him, but she clearly cares about him. So he's like, okay, I'll let you, you know, I'll let you guys get married. Um, clearly he's just a drunken piece of shit who, who doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and, and the movie is really about just kind of a it's like a critique of of marriage and just kind of watching these people that clearly should not be together try to live together in their marriage kind of unraveling and uh what you know what goes on from there there's a lot of like uh open um like sexual relationships outside of the marriage and and things that are just very risque for the time that this is one of the films that was like the reason the Hayes code was yeah. implemented <laughs> because they're talking about alcoholics and, and uh, cheating on your spouse and all these things that, you know, the Hayes code was like, no, we can't, we can't have that poisoning our children's minds at the, at the movie theaters. Um, but I, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, Sylvia Sidney was really great in it. Frederick March was, was great in it. Um, Arsner is clearly a, a really talented director who, um, you know, pretty much got to do what she wanted at, at the time uh, when no, no other female director really could. Um, she was also a lesbian, it seems fairly openly, which I thought was interesting at, at the time. She just kind of was able to get away with that and not really have any implications on her career. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought it was a really interesting movie. Definitely um, very of its time. There's this that very small window where, um, you know, after the silent film era and before the Hayes Code, where people could make movies about real things without having to censor them. And I, I thought it was a really, uh, really interesting film. Definitely worth watching. Like this says the newspapers at the time wouldn't talk about it because they didn't want to print the title. Oh yeah. <laughs> it yeah, tells yeah. you how much like that. Shortly thereafter, you couldn't even put hell in the title yeah. of a movie. Yeah. Apparently we go to heck. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, might have to, what, that's, so that's not streaming anywhere. It's how not did you, streaming how did you anywhere. What'd you go to? Uh, no, as I, I took a, a stab on the at the Criterion sale. I okay. bought a Blu-ray. I just saw it on the rack at Barnes and Noble. I was like, that sounds really interesting. I'll just buy it and give it a shot. Cool. All right. It sounds like we're a roundtable of recommends tonight. Um, well, we, we had and to before we were a roundtable of refuse. So, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and I believe Ryan, you were the picker yep. um, and it is going to be a movie that you have not seen. Yeah. We're now on to movies we haven't seen again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was going to go with 1967's branded to kill. 
Ooh. which I've, I've heard about um, and kind of had an interest in seeing. So it's uh, Seijun Suzuki's movie. I think this is the one that kind of, my understanding is he got kicked out of the company he was working at okay. because of it. So he'd been making B movies uh, pretty much exclusively. They brought him on to make this. And I think he went a little too psychedelic and different. Um, and so it was kind of shocking. Uh, and he later went on to get, you know, very much acclaimed with later movies, but this is kind of that one that people have gone back to. So this is definitely one of those ones that, again, has kind of got a cult following. You know, again, like Tarantino's is great, which maybe has burned me in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he said that about Sorcerer. Yeah. No, this one actually looks this this looks pretty interesting, and I'm I'm interested to see it um, and kind of yeah dig into it and and kind of see the something of its time period. Cool. All right, and uh, where uh, where can we watch it? Yeah. Uh, it is a Criterion, you know. We're talking about uh, spines oh, yeah. on there. Um, yeah, let me look up where it is. Yeah, we'll find that info and we'll cut it in right yeah, you here. You can add it back. In. It is on. Uh, you can rent it on yeah, Apple TV, or you can stream it through the uh, Criterion channel, or yeah. rent it on Amazon. You can you can rent it in general. That's what I saw. So cool. All right, and uh, with that, we will call this to a close. Everybody, thank you for joining us for helping us through the punishment for helping me piece together some <laughs> giving me some good therapy uh so it was a good talk um and then uh those yeah it sounds like our round table of recommends it's going to be some interesting offerings some light watches um with that uh thank you again for listening i have been your host john garcia with me as always ryan king and and michael dixon i just want my kids back <laughs> <laughs>